Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And I'm Jade. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, The Midnight Club. Today we are covering episode 7, titled, Anya. Woo, and the crowd goes wild! (laughs) Like, excited to cover it, but also I'm just like, ugh. I know. my heart, my my feels... My heart. Everything. I know. This is... <laughs> oh. well, and, and welcome, Jade. Welcome back to Strange Indeed. Yeah, um, I'm so happy to be back. I always have a blast recording with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. I know you had mentioned, you know, obviously in your feedback and such, you've, you know, let us know that you're a big fan of Anya, as all of us are. Um, yeah. I thought that this one would be a great episode to join. So we're happy to have you. Yeah, this week was not my, it wouldn't have been my first choice because everything is crazy. Like, you know, know. right now, everything could not be crazier. But when I saw after I finished watching the last one, oh, well, the next one's called Anya. I got to do the next, it's got to be episode seven. I joined them. It's got to be. So I made it work. I'm so (laughs) happy. I lost a little sleep. As soon as I was done recording (laughs) Dead to Me with Jason last night, I was like, all right, well, it's fully 11 p.m. Let's get going on prep for midnight club and i stayed up very late indeed well welcome to podcasting yes oh yeah oh yeah welcome welcome to acting i mean you never sleep and you have to it's like such a conundrum because you have to look gorgeous and like you just don't sleep (laughs) it's great makes perfect sense I think you manage quite well, but, oh, um, but, you, but yeah, that's, that's definitely how it goes around here, you know, on a, finish one and you're on to the next mm-hmm. and, uh, don't sleep much in between. Well, we're, we're thrilled that you made the time, uh, to join us because it's a, it's a pretty heavy, heavy episode, uh, that we're going to dive into this week. So uh, it's, it's probably good. We've got the three of us, you know, an extra support yeah. system <laughs> going yeah. this week. <laughs> Seriously. I feel like I need it after this episode. I was so wrecked. Yeah. God. It's my, yeah. it's, but it's my favorite one by far. I keep saying that every episode, mm-hmm. but this was <laughs> a good sign. My then you're like, well, hey, they're getting better. That's they're good. getting better. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's great. Go ahead and tell us if you want to give before we uh, get into our, our deep thoughts. Um, do you want to give us a general, like, what you thought about this episode? I feel like sounds- anyone. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say how I feel about the show. I'm like, I feel like anyone who listens to Strange Indeed knows pretty well how I feel about the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hear, you guys hear me every week. Um, what did I think of this episode? Yeah, no, that's, it, it was my favorite. Um, this one just got me really thinking. The last one really started me thinking, like, mm-hmm. okay, who is everybody? Got to figure this out. Who are these people? Where do they come from? Why are they here now? Um, mostly the older characters, but some of the some of our patients too, like Monsieur Kevin. What is your deal, lad? <laughs> I just mm-hmm. want to figure it out already. So, uh, yeah, the episode six and seven really got me to like go back to watch rewatch pieces of other episodes to start to connect dots a little more because there's so much in this show, and I started to forget all of the information from before. So I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, I want to go back and just watch all the Shasta scenes. Wait, I want to go back and watch all the Kevin stuff again and just mm-hmm. see what I can. I'm like, oh, now I'm seeing it all differently. So I have a lot of oh, research. Gosh. You've done your homework. This. I have. That's, that's I, lost, <laughs> I lost sleep. I'm telling you, I didn't sleep a lot. <laughs> but it was... Oh, gosh. Well, I it needed to happen. 
<laughs> oh, that's just my brain. I can't stop. I love me a mystery. I just love it. So like I've read every Agatha Christie ever written probably more than once. So that's awesome. I'm like such a little Nancy Drew that I love putting shit together and figuring it all out. So that's what I'm trying to do here. Hopefully I can shed some light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to, to hear hope it. you've gotten a bunch of good stuff. I'm, I'm going to lean on you a little bit for some of the really deep stuff. Oh, lean on me. Still very much not functioning after this past weekend. So yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Yeah, Pake and I just came off of the Walking Dead finale trip in San Francisco. Yeah. We just got home, mm. and uh, so so yeah, it's it's been a lot. So trying to prep, um, <laughs> and then got the holiday tomorrow. So it's it's been a lot, but yeah, Pake, what did you think about this week's episode in general? <sighs> Mike Flanagan is really, really <laughs> trying to harvest all those tears. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, yeah right. Said he's like, his, if people did go watch that TikTok we talked about last week, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's doing his best to just try to get off his state's water grid and be completely, you know, <laughs> <laughs> be yes. able to, to function completely just off of the tears of viewers like me. Um, just, man, uh, <laughs> it was a good I, punch. Yeah. And it's somehow, I think we've talked about it on other shows and other things, but like for some reason, the second watch, when you already know what's going on, somehow it's even more emotional in here. I, I don't know. And the, yeah, so this one, I'm just like, why? But I remember my first watch, I like, I was like, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten. I need to watch. So I ordered a pizza. Luckily, the pizza showed up at a time that I didn't like answer the door with just like red eyes and tears. Like, oh, thank you. I've got so much. <laughs> but, um, but it came like right before some of that. Because I remember I'm like sitting there, like took like a bite out of the pizza and ended up just throwing the, sli- the slice back down in the box and going, fuck. <laughs> and then just started <laughs> crying. I'm like, no, nope, not right now. I can't eat. Uh, <laughs> Appetite is gone. <sighs> I know. I, well, same. I, I definitely feel the same as both of you. This was just such a fantastic episode. And, and yeah, Mike Flanagan really knows how to wring your emotions dry mm. for sure. And yeah, the second watch, I don't know what the hell it is about that second watch. I think it was because, you know, it's coming. Maybe. Yeah, there's there's I'm sure a psychology behind it. But yeah, it. I was watching it this afternoon, finishing up prep and getting that second watch and be a little fresh. And my gosh, I was just like a freaking just puddle. I yeah. think I'm completely dehydrated at this point, um, just from all the tears. So it was it was something. And I'm definitely intrigued. I know, uh, Jade, you and I were texting earlier before we were recording and you sounds like you've got some great theories. I can't wait to yeah. hear. I, I've, I've, thought about, I've thought about that. I was like, oh, I really want to hear what you think, because I just don't I'm not good at generating theories. Like I really like sometimes I can be like, oh, I think I kind of know what's going to happen next, but I'm not really great at like theorizing at all. So I'm really interested in in what what you've come up with. So yeah. let's go ahead and jump into um, our top points here. Jade is our special guest this week. Would you like to kick us off? Well, you know, I want to talk about my girl, my Anya. We got to yeah. talk about this this coma dream, which I I mean, this is the reason this was my favorite episode. I just thought this was so cool. What a freaking cool kind of frame to put this, to start this story in. Because we all thought we were going to start with, with Anya on the floor of that basement, right? Yeah. With death, death reaching out. And, and I was like, I mean, so I, I sent in some feedback um, a day late because I you know. guys, you guys so recorded sorry. early. I know. It was, <laughs> sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> I should have texted you and been like, when are you recording this week? Because that's whenever I'm not sure. I always try to make sure. Um, so yeah, so I, I had a bunch of theories. Uh, 
on on that feedback. And I was like, okay, did Anya just die? What just happened? I don't like this. I don't like it. And it gave me a little hope because the next episode was called Anya. And I'm like, but I feel like it might be an episode of just her dying. So I'm like, fuck. Um, so yeah, so we start out, she's in this like, I had no idea. Did you guys know what was going on? Did, I didn't know it was a dream. I was like, what is happening? I was so in it. My, I was just mesmerized. Not until, and it wasn't even when Kevin's mom showed up in the supermarket with the bloody hammer. I think it wasn't until she ran into Amesh and Natsuki in the video game. So I was like, I didn't know really what, but I was like, something is definitely not right here. There's why, why are the, why are all of those stories that we've heard starting to come into what I thought was her real life. I thought this was after the ritual. That's what she had talked about in the group. When she started saying in the group that everyone's dead, I'm like, well, how is that going to work? Because we have three more episodes. So I was like, hmm, this is strange. Uh Indeed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But then, yeah, when we saw that hammer and and her mom, uh, Kevin's mom, well, Dusty's mom, I guess, at the grocery store, I was like, oh, this has got to be a dream. This has got to be something not in reality. So yeah, I just thought, so we started off with like her listless, as her boss says at the supermarket, and her sad little TV dinners. And did you guys catch that she was watching, oh God, what was it called? The show was called, not Law and Order. Order and Reprimand. Order and Reprimand. (laughs) It's like a Law and Order kind of. And did you guys catch it was, um, I think it was Kate 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 Siegel Siegel. and Hamish Linklater. And Hamish Linklater, yeah. I, and it wasn't, um, oh, who's the other chick from? Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino. Mm-hmm. She narrated. Okay, I knew I heard her voice, and I was yep, like, oh, these voices did. sound familiar. That <laughs> yeah, was yeah. so great. I just love that these people are like, yeah, Mike Flanagan will step in and help you do this this little thing. It's just like, there's such it. a, it, they, they remind me of like a theater troupe, you know, Mike Flanagan and his and his gang, you yes, know? I just, that's yeah. a good point. I love, yeah, it's like uh, uh, people, wor- actors working in rep. It's just, it's my kind of thing, you know? I just, that's why I fucking love Mike Flanagan. No matter what you, he does, I'm like. You should give him a ring, Jade, and get in on I know. That. Oh, God. God. And, and <laughs> that way it could be that little circle of, of actors. I so, yeah, I Do would it. love it. I know. Um, because he does a great job of like, I mean, Ruth Cod, this is her first show. He discovered her on TikTok. Like what a discovery. He's yeah. just nailing it. And I'm so excited to see her in Fall of the House of Usher. But anyway, back to the dream, coma dream, whatever. So... Yeah, so her boss is like asking her if she has any goals, and we see her like, you know, pa- walking past the ba- the ballet studio, mm-hmm. and she tries to like do the dance outside the window. My heart is just mm-hmm. breaking. Oh, because you know, and I th- and I kept thinking to myself, you know, she could dance. She has this prosthetic leg. Like, yeah, she needs to find a way to move you her body. And I'm a, like, yeah, you got to yeah. find a way to work with what you have now. She could do it. Just takes. She time. could do it. Yeah. yeah. And and in like not uh Natsuki's yeah in Natsuki's little story she was like taking dance classes and and that little story was just so sweet it was like a childhood dream of like all of your friends living together in the same yeah. apartment building with rent con- rent controlled with disability <laughs> yes, checks it's important <laughs> I yeah. thought we were gonna keep things grounded after the ritual working thing <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I like you know the the story that Natsuki tells because this is one of my points too so I'll kind of cover some ideas after you. Yeah, and then jump in. What you've got. Uh, So I do enjoy that because Natsuki tells this story, it sticks within the whole theme of technically, yeah, the title of the episode is still 
the story of the week because that's kind of our story of the week for the Midnight Club. Is right. Trotsky giving Anya this, you know, beautiful picture of let me tell the story of what would have been nice, you know, what the ideal thing to have happened in this beautiful little picture and life after. Right. Yeah. And I did you guys catch that she said uh, we did mash to determine how many kids you had? Yes. And I was like, that's oh so 90s so high school. Yeah. Takes oh, me back. Takes me back, yeah. man. I was like, I loved that little detail. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. mash. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And um, but my favorite part of the whole episode, I think, was I mean, first of all, like Ruth Codd's acting she's just such a great little actor she's just doing such a damn good job she just kills me but my favorite Mm -hmm. moment was that phone call to Rhett um because phone calls are really hard to do as an actor we always take it for granted when when you see it on because we're seeing it cut back and forth but you never know I mean most likely they're able to speak to the other actor on the phone or that other actor is like reading the lines but sometimes not action yeah I've had to do phone calls many a time where I'm literally reading with like the ad or whoever is on set and they're doing a terrible read and they're just trying to get the lines out to me so I know when my cue is mm-hmm. and it's like really hard so to do this emotional phone call um it was just great and so I just, I wrote down like some of the things she said. Um, she starts off like things are better and I wanted to tell you that I'm okay. And, and I wanted to say, I'm sorry for all of it. And then she gets into, I'm alone and I don't know anyone. Tell, can you just tell me it's going to be okay? And then, oh God, I could never imagine a life in which anything ever fucking worked out for me. I never could. A voice in my head keeps telling me you're broken, you're broken, you're broken, and I can't make it stop. And then she starts screaming at him. It's like she just calls this poor guy. And I've had, I've been on the kind of receiving end of these phone calls where someone calls me and they're like, hi, how's it going? I just wanted to, you know, reach out. And then all of a sudden they're like, and why did you? And I'm like, okay, now you're just screaming at me. All I did was pick up the phone, just going about my day. And now I got to hang up because now you're going batshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she just starts unleashing all of her rage on him. And she's like, I apologized. I was a nightmare and I fucked up and vanished. I ran away. But all I wanted was for you to come and find me. Why wouldn't you come and find me? And she says, you know, I never, I never would, like, I never would reach out to you or, you know, once she's gone, she's gone. So that was, that was really the first step of my heart just breaking for her because- Mm -hmm. God, I know how it feels to just to be that kind of lonely and to be that kind of afraid. And what a great portrayal of what it must feel like to be in this coma state of not alive or dead, just kind of limbo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The the loneliness. And she doesn't know that at that point either. So she, I mean, she thinks she's living life and it seems, you know, like such a lonely existence, like her, like you said, her boss reaches out to her. Hey, do you have any goals? Do you have any hobbies? Like, yeah, you can, you can just see her existence. She's, she does her job, takes off her little smock there at work, walks by this dance studio, wishing she could still dance again, gets bummed out, goes home, eats a very sad and pathetic TV <laughs> dinner. No yeah. shade to anyone who eats TV. I, I've had some. No, no shade. Hey on do what on you gotta do too but you know <laughs> and then watching tv and then just going to bed and waking up and rinse and repeat right and then yeah. she has she goes to these group therapy sessions which doesn't 
um, well, maybe not therapy, but some sort of like group grief or something type. The thing brochure said it was a grief counseling, or it was like a oh god, I, I have it written group down. Grief therapy. Yeah, it was group right. grief yeah. grief therapy. But the her boss said that um, yeah, grief support program. She said she's been in the program for two years, yeah. and I was like, but they placed her in this job. They offered job placement. I didn't really understand that part. Yeah, I wasn't sure about what program if it was that she, or what. She said we've had people from the program before. And I thought at first it was a drug program. I thought she, you know, got better and then relapsed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we know she's so. been through rehab and, and had an addiction. Yeah. So I wasn't quite clear on that, but I mean, it, it's, she's so yearning for connection, you know, um, and she doesn't know yet that she's dreaming or in a coma. Right. She thinks she's living life and she's lost everything you can see how much it's impacted her, at least in this moment. She thinks that everyone that she was friends with um, at Brightcliff is dead. And yeah. She's just yearning for connection. And when she turns to her old friend and he essentially rejects her, you know, she she definitely lets loose very emotionally. Um, yeah. And it, it it was heartbreaking. And I thought it was interesting because I just like last week sometime came across and I cannot remember where it was if it was like a Twitter thread or if it was on Reddit I don't remember but there was an interesting thread someone brought to my attention that asked people who had survived comas and co- and had woken Ooh. up from a coma what was it like like wow, what was it like in your coma and what happened in this episode is what so many people described they were, they had responded and said I didn't know I was in a coma. I was living my life. I got up in the morning. I brushed my teeth. I did like daily activities, went to work, did the things, picked up kids or just whatever they did in life. They did those things just all the time. And they didn't even know that they were in a coma. And it was then like a week later, I'm watching this episode and I'm like, oh my gosh, did, did I need to go do more reading. I haven't read a lot of news because I don't want to get spoiled with mm-hmm. everything being out there. I don't want to know how it ends. So I'm going to have to go back and try to read to see if. Did they do research on that? Because oh, I feel I'm like sure. they were pretty on point about what. Yeah. And not everyone, again, um, uh, has that same experience. But I kept seeing it repeated over and over and over again. So many people were saying the same thing. It's like you're not asleep. You're not. Right. You just think that you're living life. So I thought it was really interesting that that's how they portrayed it here as well. Have you guys. Do you remember So Weird? The TV Gosh, show that sound sounds familiar? vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it was my shit back in the nineties. Um, I can't believe you guys don't know about this either. It was like you know, um, um, I have to look that up. Uh, what's it called? I oh, I the, it. what's the show where are Are you afraid of the dark and like goosebumps? Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. was like it was yeah. on when those sh- when those shows were on. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so weird. Yeah, so there was an episode that just portrayed. I'll never forget it. Um, I haven't seen so weird in God so since I was a kid. Um, but it was there was this one episode where the main actress Fiona she walks this little girl into through her coma. And they end up like making a map of her hometown and this little girl is like stuck in there and they walk her like out of her coma by kind of guiding her through the town so she can come back Mm. home. And it was just such, I remember that was just a great show for kids. Like if it's, if anyone can find that show, I'm sure it's on Disney Channel or something. But anyway. It's there somewhere. Yeah. It was from 99 to 2001. Yeah. If anyone remembers the coma episode, let let us know because yeah. it was a good one. I mean, that show is great, but that was one of the best episodes I remember. 
And it was just, it's one of the only times I've ever, other than this, that's exactly what I was reminded of when I saw this coma thing. I was like, uh, that's the only other time I can think that I can actually think of that I saw like a coma episode of something where they are really inside someone's mind and yeah. feeling because in that show it was it was so visceral how that little girl felt so afraid and so alone and like she was trapped in her hometown but she couldn't get home and she was yeah. like everything looks the same like i remember this and i remember that street and i re but i can't find my way home and she was like just lost you know and so they were able to like contact her into her brain somehow i forget how they got into her brain but they like walked her home that's so um, interesting but she had been in the coma for so long that like things in her town had changed. So she mm -hmm. kept getting like lost because everything was new. Now she'd been in there for like 20 years or something. So it was oh, like, yikes. oh, no, is she going to make it out? You know, it was great. It was a good one. Yikes. Um, I did read that Mike Flanagan had, um, they had kind of based this episode off of an episode of Six Feet Under. Have you seen? Mm, I've seen, a, um, not all of Six Feet Under, but I've seen a lot of it. There and I don't want to spoil it because I know, Pig, you haven't watched yet. And I've got to get yeah. you on that one, bud. It's yeah, it's um, good. <laughs> list of it's a good. Million and, shows. and if you want to yeah. talk about one of the best series finales in TV ever, Six Feet Under is is definitely one of them. And that's Mike what Flanagan Jason says. Agrees. Mike Flanagan <laughs> will tell you, too. He'll, he, he says he thinks that it's one of the best series finales ever. But there's an episode and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, um, for either of you two or anyone that's listening. But there was... Um, something similar that happened in an episode of six feet under that that mike flanagan kind of based this around and they thought well can we pull this off will it work you know because it kind of changes changes up their format a little bit on how they typically film and 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 how they wanted to portray this so i, I found that really interesting i was like love you even more mike flanagan bringing in some six feet under because that's you know such a great show and my favorites and definitely a great finale um but i love that it, it sounds like they took some inspiration from a lot of different things Yeah. Um, for, for yeah. Anya being kind of stuck. Comas are so fascinating because it's just so mysterious, you know? I feel like until you've experienced it, it's like a near-death experience, mm -hmm. which I have experienced, and it is yeah. weird, oh <laughs> to gosh. say the least. Yeah, and it's, but we won't get into it now, but that's a, it's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, that kind of stuff, like what, what the brain and the mind is capable of is truly, truly a miracle. It's phenomenal, you yeah. know? So, um, but anyway, to get through the rest of what I had um, just for this, for my points for Anya's dream. So we see all of these characters, like the man with the bloody hammer turns into Dusty's mom, which turns into Dusty slash Kevin. Mm -hmm. And then he, he looks to the camera and we'll get into more of Kevin. Oh, we will. <laughs> but he looks to the camera or he looks at Anya and he's like, I never wanted to. I really didn't. And it's just Dusty's thing he keeps saying you know like i'm being controlled by something else it's not me i don't want to be doing this um and as her brain like fractures she sees all of these characters um like dana slitting her wrists as a ballerina with stanton and what did anyone know why spence was with scuba gear and a shotgun in a bathtub that was, was i uh, missing something um, yeah uh sandra uh, was it sandra's story yeah the, sandra's story the noir film he was oh yeah, yeah in the burning house he was in the tub with the gun. that's when i need yeah. to rewatch. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vaguely remembering that now. God, there's so much in this show. Well, there's like stories almost- within mm-hmm. stories, and yeah, it's a lot to keep up. Yeah, yeah. some of, some stuff is so clear to me. Um, but yeah, I got to rewatch that episode. Yeah, I like so, the way that it it melds a lot of those stories because even one thing I didn't pick up on the first time, but we have Imani, the character of Imani, played by Ilanka, yeah, mm-hmm. the the witch that comes out of the store. To find, you know, Ben, the boy that she was crushing on, played play by Kevin, uh, <laughs> in quotes, uh, laying, you know, for he had been shot. And then Dusty comes up from behind her and hits her and she falls. Yeah. But right. then when Anya looks at the body on the ground, it is no longer Imani. She's got different clothes on that is yeah, she. Yeah, it was so right. and it's the same. So it's still Ilanka, but it's a different character she played in one of these other stories. And so the way that they did that was very fascinating and really cool. And did, am I crazy or d- Sherry wasn't Sherry? Was not in the this dream Anya's coma Mm-mm. dream. Has has Sherry been in any of the stories? Has she been a one. character? Yeah, she was one. one. Yeah, she was in the car, right? And yeah, and, and last week's in the witch, she was the one driving the car when they picked. So up Imani, why wasn't but... she involved at all? Why do they keep leaving? She hasn't Sherry? told well, a story I, yet. I mean, Sherry is. She hasn't told a story. Yeah. What's going on with Sherry? I, don't know. I just <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's why I was like, by the end, I'm like, is she the one that's going to be cured? She just seems so other from mm-hmm. the rest, you know? Mm-hmm. I want her story. I want hers. I want Spence's. And I want Natsuki's already. Give it to me now, please. <laughs> I want to know. We need yeah. more. But yeah. Um, then, okay. So then we have Alanka. God, her death. So Ilanka tells her, we're all in there with you. You're not alone. Everything is going to be okay. And I, God, it was so beautiful. And that's when just the water just pouring Uh down my cheeks. I mean, I was already crying so hard through the whole Natsuki's Anya story. Oh God, I was a mess. And then like, it's like Ilanka, it's just, it's just me now. I hope you, and then like, it was touching, but like, I was like, okay. I think I can pull it together. Yeah. And then she goes, and we're all in there with you. And Anya turns and sees it. And then I was like, and They're it's all. And, it's all. and they were all sitting yeah. there on the floor. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but it warmed my heart so much because that's all she wanted. That's all she needed mm-hmm. to know that she wasn't alone. And it almost gave her like permission yes. to let go. Like she was safe to do so, which really, yeah. what an honorable, respectful way to say goodbye. To us. If we had to say goodbye to Anya, if we had mm-hmm. to, okay, we did it in a great way. So when we see death transforming from like a baby to this horrible skull-like thing and like this pool of oil just reaching out to her and she just turns her head on the pillow and just the tears. Oh God, Ruth Cod. Bravo, yeah. girl. Fantastic. And, um, and then right before she dies, she wakes up. And she's like, good night. Or she says, Aunt, uh, Ilanka says good night to her and she says good night. And she, I just thought that was so poignant because I've always thought that that's what death is, is just waking up. Hmm. And Mike Flanagan and I, after watching Midnight Mass, I feel like we feel similar on this. I don't know. I feel like we're on the same wavelength with like the whole what, what, hap- what happens after you die thing. So yeah. um, Aaron, con- the Aaron monologue, which is funny because we talked about that at lunch on our last day in san francisco too that was like a yeah. whole yeah you could thing. oh my i've had so many people i've had so many excellent <laughs> conversations with people because of that show because it sparks you to be like what do you believe happens when you die like when was the last time you revisited that idea world but anyway this isn't a midnight mass podcast i wish it was sometimes <laughs> um so that i could talk about it because that's definitely my favorite mike flanagan show it was great but yeah, Ruth Cod just destroyed me. Just destroyed, just slaughtered me down to the ground. I am dead. 
I am podcasting from the grave at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, death, like as a waking up. Cause then I like in her note where she writes, you know, the kind of the closing thing is she's got, you know, I've gone supernova. Oh, oh I loved gosh, that. Yeah, her, mm-hmm. her letter. But you know, if there's one thing we know we've learned from watching Mike Flanagan, it's that just because a character is dead does not mean they are gone. Dead doesn't mean gone. Mm-hmm. As in, Bly Manor. Yes, um, Mrs. Flora. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You know, because she's, Anya has said herself many times that like, you know, if anyone can come back, you know, and, right. and leave some type of message or, yeah. or communicate from the other side or whatever it is that happens to, to everyone else, it's going to be Anya, right? And she's going to do it loud and, and, and yeah. not in a whisper. So yeah, maybe she's not. And I've been saying it, from the beginning, I, I think from like episode one or two, maybe I was like, I predict Anya will be the first to die because she's going to be the one who's going to be able to come reach, reach back out. Mm-hmm. Although we've already gotten a little bit of reaching from Tristan, you know, so mm-hmm. it is possible. Yeah, certainly. I think that Anya will be like even louder and stronger. So I'm just excited to see what that is, what that looks like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Oh, oh gosh, love. I know that I just was rough. Met after it happened, and then we had our Robert Longstreet scene. I couldn't even pay attention. I had to like, <laughs> I was because the whole time I was my neighbors. I'm sure heard me going, "What the <laughs> fuck is she dead? What the fuck? No, why? Oh God, is she dead? She's dead. She's just gonna die." I was just, I could not get over it, man. I was like, I haven't processed this yet. Oh gosh, <laughs> I was I so know. upset. I, I. Yeah. They misled and, us for sure. Pake, what do you have something you yeah. want to add to that? Or oh, I was just saying, you know, because as because that's kind of just like a side, like an extra note is yeah, Longstreet again, just great seeing him as his. We don't really have a name for his character. He's just like the janitor. The he's Mr. Dudley. He's is there any difference between him and Mr. <laughs> right. Dudley? I don't think so. It's the Housekeeper. same guy. Uh, yeah, but again, I think that that it was an immediate confirmation of Anya's death for me. Just to see the sudden clean bed, pristinely made bed, and to have him walk in and he's just making sure everything is perfect and he's cleaned up is immediately, you know, no word needs to be said, no explanation. You just see him taking care of that bed the way he does and you immediately know she's Mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. Like it was that easy just to be like, yeah, that was it. And he's just dropping his usual poetry. And I'm wondering, like, why is he not that there's anything wrong with being a janitor at all? Not at all. Um, And it's also like a great, you know, moonlighting gig or like side gig or whatever but i'm like it seems like he would be like an english professor or like a writer or an editor or something like this guy is extremely eloquent for a janitor well you know just surprising he seems to be educated but mm-hmm. i also wonder if maybe uh because i thought that too i was like you know again n- nothing wrong with with being a janitor but he seems seems to be very well educated he's got a, a- over overqualified for the job but but then i wonder maybe he makes use of the library there because apparently the library is like fantastic in in that area and so maybe he makes use of the library and just reads a lot maybe that's that's what i was thinking of yeah could be yeah yeah i liked their little quote quoting back and forth they dropped some great excellent quotes yeah yes it's it's comforting I thought it was I, I felt like he was kind of uh, talking to to me a little bit and I'm sure talking to the audience in general after just, yeah. you know, that emotional, yeah, that emotional 
windstorm oh, after losing Anya. I needed. It, it was like this nice comforting, you know, because he's got that voice, that lovely, distinctive he's voice. He's got it. And just something about him. And that yeah, presence. He just, he's, oh, yeah. The man knows how to deliver a line. He's mm-hmm. just, and so, yeah, I love his voice. He's so, and yeah, his whole like demeanor. Mm-hmm. I needed him to, to help me through. Yeah. You once, know? He, <laughs> once he had talked about that and then talking about, you know, and I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but, you know, it's not. It's not about like the the length of life. It's about the depth of life, and you know, and it was that's the quote. Yeah, it's yeah. not the length of life, but the depth of life. Ralph and Waldo like, Emerson. Yeah, I have his. He he quotes uh, Nietzsche with the yeah. one should die proudly when it's no longer possible mm-hmm. to live proudly, and then yeah, uh, Emerson he quotes with it's yeah. not length of life but depth of life, and then it is the secret of the world that all things subsist and do not die, but retire a little from sight, and then afterwards return again. And I think that this. There's a lot of themes through this episode that I'll comment on when they come up about reincarnation, which was shown in Anya's um, looking on the ceiling and seeing like the baby Mm -hmm. turning into death. It's like the cycle of life and it comes up a couple more times. So I just don't think that a death means an end. I really do not. At least not here. Not in this universe anyway, I don't think so. And and at the end of that scene too, Alanka, we really got from her. She's still pissed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. determined and not backing down. She's like, fuck the car and fuck cancer too. Like, yeah. And she clearly feels guilty about Anya's death because she's the one who decided to perform the ritual. So I just feel like she's out for like fucking, she's going to do it, you know, at all costs at this point. That's what I got from her at the end of that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. She's not backing down. Yeah. Got thoughts about that um anything else you want to say about that point jade okay no that's all i had right yeah uh like i said that one was one of my my main point the one that has like double the amount of like all my other points combined kind of notes because there's just so much because it takes up like the whole like front half of this episode but yeah so uh jade covered a lot of stuff really well and we talked about a lot of things but i do have some other like pickups and and notes that i noticed uh the very opening episode with the midnight club the uh our uh, logo it we're hearing the beeping sound is the ecg or the ekg machine in anya's room and then it transitions into the scanner yes. at the grocery store and yes. so it's that immediately so cool. off the top they're already like hinting that like this is something this isn't real mm. this oh, is an imagination nice at the end of life it you took know? my second uh, watch before nice, i got that nice. but i was like hey i think i know what yeah that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i did think about kind of her dream and again it was interesting you're talking about you know, comas and having kind of this idea of isolation that comes with them anyway. But then I was like, well, if she's just having this dream of like an idealized life or what life would be like after she was cured and she thought she had been healed and she was now out on her own. It's like, it is it kind of sad that, you know, this dream of her life as she's dying is still this very boring, monotonous day job going to her apartment for frozen dinners every night you know and it's yeah. like well at least she's going to therapy so that's nice um but yeah i mean there's no friends no social life nothing and i wonder other than just the isolation of like a coma and being confused in that situation if it's also just mentally still where she is on herself we've heard you know the last episode with her talking to alanka about you know i killed my parents basically you know yeah. and these 
that she puts up this strong front because of a lot of the the damage that's been done internally. And I think some of the stuff, I mean, even, even the call with Rhett, because of course none of this stuff is real, where in that call, she's still alone and rejected and he hangs up on her. And it's like in her mind mentally as she's dying and going through like her life and what she is, is she still in this place mentally where this is what she deserves? This is what she thinks she deserves. Is she still so full of self guilt and doubt that she's just like, yeah. So her mind's telling her you're broken, you're broken, you're broken. Just like she said in that call where it's like, you know, even if I was healed of my cancer and I moved on and I was back to a normal life, it would still be a shitty life with no friends and no point and no goals in mind because I could never I imagine good. Yeah. She yeah. says, I could never imagine a life in which anything ever fucking worked out for mm. me. Mm-hmm. So even, even if she's cured with this spontaneous regression, still a shitty life. That's just oh, mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Right. And, and so we still see that's kind of where she is mentally. And then even though the, the club, the kids don't even know that, you know, whether she can hear them or not, the fact that she can, they get clearer as this, this goes along. That, yeah, and we talked about, you know, Natsuki's story and her kind of really connecting with him. We see, you know, there's a place where I think she has understood what's going on. She knows that she's dying or dead, practically, you know, and she's crying. But then, like you said, she was in that place where she felt, I can let go now. It's like, because. As much as I isolated myself and, you know, cornered myself away from other people and thought I didn't deserve to have anybody who loved me, these people did. And so yeah. the fact that she's realized I did make an impact on other people and other people did love me, I think then, yeah, it's enough for her to end that story in a happy way for her. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, what allowed her to move on. Um, it was sad mm-hmm. to see her going through like this survivor's guilt uh, because at least in her story she she was the only one that had survived they you know she had stayed on to practice the ritual again for everyone else but it was she was the only one that it had worked for and everyone else had died so she's got this survivor's guilt you know she feels alone yeah. and isolated i think also part of that is you know as you were talking about the spontaneous regression she you know, what would it be like to, you know, have this terminal illness and that that's your life, right? That when you're fighting an illness like that, you like how much treatment you go through, um, you know, and how much of an yeah. impact it makes on your life. Like that's pretty much your life is just dealing with this terminal illness. And then once you're terminal, then you know that you're going to die. It's like a matter of time that you're going to die. And then all of a sudden, when one day you're healed. Um, whether it's through this like magic thing or whatever that, you know, you find out, but what would that be like, you know, to, for all of a sudden for this outlook to change, you know, you, you've went on this one path dealing with this illness, but all of a sudden that's no longer an issue. So now you have to somehow find your path over here and how do you deal with that? Yeah. It's like, I, I can liken it to getting sober. Um, getting out of like a really intensive, long, um, inpatient rehab and coming back into the world without having like addiction. It's, and, and obviously Anya is struggling Mm -hmm. with that same thing. So she's done this like double duty time in her life, you know, like to, Mm -hmm. and that's, I loved the portrayal of, of what they did with Anya in the two Danas when they did talk about how her, the metaphor of addiction makes you feel like you have two heads. 
It's exactly right. And Mike Flanagan always nails addiction portrayals, alcoholism. He's, he is so great, obviously, addict. because yeah. he, he, yeah, knows. he knows. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he gets it. So um, that's exactly how it felt, though, for me, coming entering back into the world, going into sober living. I was so depressed because like, how do I restart my life? I can't go back to any of the same places or people. I have to start completely over with nothing. It was so lonely and I felt so lost for for a while, you know? Oh. Mm -hmm. And it went from being so happy of what I've accomplished in rehab to the loneliness of just back into the world. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I do now? Like, where do I go? How do I restart, you know? Good for you for- It's crazy. It's like it's like a it's like yeah. a shock, you know. It's like a shock to your system. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, good for you for coming sure. out on the other side of that. Look at you now. So thanks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah. My whole life is. It feels like another life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what other stuff that I kind of picked up on. Uh, of course, hopefully, other people picked up. I mean, the grocery store she's working at. S Mart. I say Evil yeah, Dead S-Mart. reference. Yes, I was like, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just great. <laughs> Shop Smart. There's a couple of those S-Mart. in the show. <laughs> Isn't that what it was? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, we talked about order and reprimand. Uh, which is this kind of cheesy, like parody show? It's kind of like this Law and Order with the name, but also like very CSI with like the really cheesy pun, like yeah. you know, one liner. What did they like, say? What it's did they a say? Cold case. Uh, about the kids the one that I, with the hammer yeah, he, uh, which again is part of the the ghosts that they had been making in the midnight club slipping through the cracks in yeah. her dream a little bit the first one the first time we get that we get the guy walking with dusty's hammer whatever dressed like him a little after but yeah i think the first one we really get that's like a hint of those sleep seeping in is a uh, rep- order and reprimand line where he's these kids may not have been drinking, but they sure got hammered. <laughs> hammered, yes. Uh, it's almost like they were and- telling <laughs> the story of Dusty's crimes on that. It's 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 so weird yeah. how all yeah. of this kept getting intermingled, you know, and interwoven. Yeah. Layers, mm-hmm. baby. Layers. layers. Yeah. For an hour-long right. show, you would never expect it to be this dense. Like baby. <laughs> and it, there's all there's something in in every because there's no hidden mm-hmm. ghosts, right? It's like so many other hidden things. What do you catch? Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, benefits from a rewatch or no a kidding. third watch. You know, Absolutely. it just gets better. Yeah. When, when she's in the uh, group therapy thing, this one's not necessarily like a catch or so. It's something that just uh, I always make point. Like, what are the things that made me cry the most? <laughs> um, yeah. But I was like, even knowing that this is not real on the second watch, her going through the list of the other kids and saying, you know, Kevin, dead, Ugh. this person, dead, mm. you know, and just naming. It was just, it hits me, especially the way that she delivers when she gets to a mesh. Exactly. She goes, a mesh. And then she goes, I mean, he went so, and like, she can't even bring herself to say it. I was like, so what? So what? I know. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like, even though I know none of this is even real or true anymore in this story, on the second watch, I'm still just like gut punched by it well because we know that emotion amesh is the one on borrowed time Mm -hmm. at this point right like so that's what made me nervous i'm like don't say amesh is gonna don't say that (laughs) yeah and then yeah the the ghost stories slipping through the cracks uh we we talked about a lot of them you know dusty's mom trying to buy the hammer uh luke and becky are working in the arcade they call stanton as a detective from uh sandra's story while Sandra's angel character is standing outside 
the uh, arcade. Uh, we got Natsuki's jump scare ghost that's in the hard, uh, hardware store window. And then I talked about Ben being shot dead. Uh, Amani coming out of the store gets bludgeoned by Dusty, turns into Sheila. And then the jump scare ghost again shows up, which pushes her towards the ballet studio window where she sees Dana and the devil. Hurting her own self with the, the cut to the arm. And so she goes into the ballet studio, which turns into her apartment where the noir story, Sandra story, again, the news report, the news story of the drownings is playing on the TV in her apartment. And then she notices smoke from the bathroom goes in there and there's a Spence's character from that story in the bathtub. Uh, and then it turns around an angel standing there with the gun. So it was <laughs> very much just she like everything did. starts piling in on her. Uh, so that was really cool. And yeah. And then you mentioned kind of the black puddle on her ceiling, which, I looked at it in an interesting way. I mean, yeah, it starts with a baby and then you see it's kind of a person going through because it grows into like a toddler and a child and a teenager and a young adult to like older adult and to an old woman. And then it turns into a skeleton, you know, at the end. And it's very much just the stages of life, which was really terrifying, but also somehow kind of beautiful. Beautiful. I was like, (laughs) yeah. It was a beautiful death. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to to make of of that image on the ceiling. It's like, is this a manifestation of like death, or you know, because we saw the hand, the shadow, and the hand reaching out to her at the end of the last episode uh, when they were in the basement. So, is this some type of like manifestation of like death, you know, showing that that cycle of life, like you mentioned, Jade, or is it like a manifestation of like Anya's own demons? We know she had. Wrestle, you know, kind of wrestled with her own demons um, that she was kind of facing mm-hmm. there at the end. Um, I don't know. Um, I wasn't sure what to take from that, but I thought it was still, in its own way, kind of kind of beautiful the way that Anya uh, kind of, you know, finally faced faced that and was able to to peacefully go surrounded. And I say surrounded, you know, by yeah. her friends, you know, that that were there with her. Just a beautiful, beautiful twisted story i i did not see that one come in i don't know why mike flanagan's always able to pull that mm-hmm. rug out from under me you think after all, you know all these yeah. shows that we've watched we'd <laughs> ever personally speaking i guess be better prepared <laughs> for when it happens but he got me right. uh, got me on this one we have hope i, I had know. too much hope that was I my know. problem so although i was afraid i was afraid of this <laughs> well i knew you know we're gonna lose someone right i feel like you know we're we're, we're at a hospice and you know everyone yeah. we lost tristan which we didn't get to know tristan you know um but you know we know she's gone and it's just like it's kind of a matter of time for all of them so it was like you knew Probably we were going to lose someone. Yeah. It just happened to be Anya, who, you know, is such a favorite for so many. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Anya was one of my points, too. I think, you know, we've talked that out pretty good. I don't really have anything to add other than just, you know, yeah, Mike Flanagan just doing it again. You know, giving us that that twist mm. and, you know, really knowing how to start off an episode where he left it last week and you think, oh, shit, it worked, you know, and so you're going along with it. But then you're like, oh, shit, it, it, well, something, something worked, worked. something didn't. Something happened. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, I, I, I love the twists and I love how he's able able to do that because it's a nice surprise. I, I love being surprised and I, you know, I don't like being able to predict, you know, what happens. I don't like being able to guess. And 
oftentimes with Mike Flanagan series, I can't guess. You know, there's always something that that throws me um, for a loop. So I, I enjoy that. Um, for sure. All right. Well, Jade, it's back to you. Oh, it's back to me. Shasta, shall we? Shall we, Shasta? Yes. All right. Yeah. I got a lot on this one. So seriously, guys, jump in anytime. So it makes me, I had a lot of theories about Shasta after episode six. And that's when I did, I decided to go back and like rewatch all of Mm -hmm. the Shasta scenes. And I heard so many things that I'm like, oh, oh, I don't, didn't remember that. Oh, oh, there's that. So in this episode, it makes me very nervous to see Elanka getting so close to Shasta. Shasta has now invited her onto her property. It's very clear to me that Shasta is intentionally flattering Ilanka from the beginning. She's flattering her intelligence, calling Mm -hmm. her bright girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and Shasta is very charismatic, you know, and I have talked about how I feel about Samantha Sloyan's performance. I just didn't buy her as this all natural, um, uh, like naturopath you know, guru or whatever uh, she claims to be. Yeah, like like this kind of witchy natural healer woman because yeah. of the performance she was giving. And now it's all kind of starting to make sense. Like she's very stiff and stilted and weird. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think that's because she's sinister. Oh. And I've been saying yeah. she's a sinister character. And when she asked her about her tattoo, she goes, it's not sinister. I was like, ah. Yeah, I have a note about that too, where I was like, the fact that she uses the word sinister makes me think it is. It's like, it's not what well, like, I didn't think it was until you said it was. It's, it's not, I'm like, pretty sure it is. It's not <laughs> sinister. Well, we're not a cult. You know? <laughs> then, then, oh, okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then, then you're a cult. I, yeah. We're not a cult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have to say it, then. So, you know. um, all right, right? I know. It's like, mm-hmm. no one said it was, honey. Um, <laughs> you're bringing it up. So yeah, so she talks about her naturopathic collective group, um, and she references the ancient Greeks yet again. So Mm -hmm. I went back and did some research about what she says in other episodes, and when she, in episode two, when she first meets Alanka, she's sneaking onto Brightcliff's property to bottle the spring water from the healing vortex Mm -hmm. stream, she calls it, and she immediately knows that the name Alanka is Hungarian, and it means light because it's derivative of Helen, daughter of Zeus, in ancient Greece. And she says, I have a thing for names and for ancient Greece. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Because Regina Ballard, who started the Paragon Cult, was obsessed with the ancient Greeks, and especially the five sisters, and she kind of renamed everybody. She gave herself a new name and her daughter. Um, and the ritual she performed, like, killed everyone, was supposedly to give her a long life. So at first I was like, after episode six, I was like, is Shasta Regina? I still really think she's Julia Jane, but has discovered the Paragon cult after, obviously, we know she figured out the basement. She found all that stuff. She disappeared for a time, and then she reappeared healed. So she keeps saying that the Paragon cult had issues. And I love how in the beginning, I don't know about cults. I know. Or I'm no like, well, I don't totally know about cults. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. sure. You, you denied that before. Yeah. I remember that episode. You're like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so, Yeah, you, you <laughs> certainly seem to know a lot because she, she, and she never answers the question, like, how do you know about the Paragon? Mm-hmm. What Ilanka says. And she says, 
Well, they came here for the same reason we did. You know, the soil, water, ley lines, healing properties, you know, of the of the, the area of the of the property. And planes glitch when they fly over the area. All the rumors are true. And this area attracts all kinds of people, the rich, the dying, the new age, you know, cult, UFO enthusiasts. Um, because they're like in search of this fountain of of mm-hmm. health, you know. And she says, we are a naturopathic collective, so we are gentle as kittens compared to some of the others who have come this way. It's important to do no harm unless you have to. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Shasta. Like, so yeah. She says that the Paragon cult had issues, right? She keeps saying this. Like they went off the rails. So that's what the Paragon cult was trying to do, but you know, what we're doing is really good. Really, we're really with it. We got it going on. Mm-hmm. We know the answers. We figured it you know? out. And they didn't know. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. So everyone in her cult, I mean, her <laughs> naturopathic collective, <laughs> has this tattoo of, so it's like, an, so it's an ancient Greek symbol representing its oldest method of telling time. And she says it represents, it's like the microcosm, macrocosm as above, so below. And I don't know if you guys remember, I was commenting in my, one of my uh, early episodes on my feedback that the hand gesture of the palms, both palms out, one up yeah, and one I down, is like the Baphomet, how we always see him portrayed. And that mm-hmm. means that's like to represent the you in the uh, world, like yeah. micro macrocosm thing. So yeah. it's the same deal, you know, and, I, you know, as you can see what I have here, the yin yang tattoo, it's like there's dark and light and light and dark. It's all mm-hmm. the same thing, you know balance 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 and it's and it's not sinister it's true like many symbols like i don't know like the swastika is one of them like it was a hijacked symbol that actually is much much later uh date dates way way back before the nazis you know but a lot of symbols have been hijacked over the years um to now we we associate them with cults and with demonic you know things that when it they first were invented obviously had nothing to do with that um So, yeah, so Shasta is like a tricky, tricky little character here. And she really seemed to be stressing the point to Alanka. Like, she really looked at her intensely, convincing her, like, the most important thing about an hourglass is you can turn it over. It's like life can prevail. And Mm. this reincarnation theme again, you know, you and she's like looking at Alanka and she's really trying to push this like you have the power to be magical and affect life and change it. You can do this, girl. And I she's the one right who was giving Alanka the the ideas to do the rituals. And she's like, okay, well, you'll need five women and you'll need all the blood. And this is exactly how you're going to do it. You're going to need about a quart of that water or a half a gallon, a little less than a gallon. And she's like giving her this fucking recipe. And yeah, just a sprig of time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Start clockwise yep. two times and then, you know. <laughs> yeah. She's fucking giving she's her. Wait, I thought you didn't know things. anything about any of this. Yeah, right. And you don't know anything about yep. cults, right? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, there's a lot of truth in that book and there's a lot of truth in the, these woods and everything. I know the way. Follow me. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and Anya's just looking at her like mouth agape, like completely enamored with this very charismatic woman. And I'm like, Alanka, just be careful. And Alanka's not careful. She's, she's, she's not, not being careful. Being, oh, no, 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 no being careful. When she poured that blood in that ritual from Shasta and did not tell anyone who it was from, did you all hear the music change? Literally, if you're watching with subtitles, mm-hmm. it said, uh, oh, what did it say? 
sinister, I, I had it written down, I think in my notes for the last episode, but it said like sinister music or like in, in parentheses, once, when she pours the blood in, like it literally says the music is now bad <laughs> in the <Yeah>. subtitles. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. Um, so my theory, so now we're getting into my theory about okay. Shasta here. She says the ritual didn't work. Not for Anya, it didn't. It's not like baking, you know, mm. it's not an exact science. So what I think is that the ritual was always meant to kill Anya and, and save Ilanka because Ilanka was the leader of the ritual. She was performing the ritual. She was kind of in the Regina position of it mm -hmm. all. She was, mm -hmm. she was um, the orchestrator of everything. And I think Shasta knew exactly what she was doing and she pushed Ilanka to do this ritual because there it needs to be, to a, be a fucking sacrifice. Yeah. If you're going to save... If you're going to save a life, I'm sorry, a little trinket in the fire is not going to satisfy mm -hmm. the devil, demons, whatever you're worshiping over here, you know? Right. Someone's got to die, blood for blood. Um, and we've talked about, like, you know, the rubber band thing. Like, you can stretch it, but it's going to come back around. The, the devil will have its victim, you know? So I think someone had to die for someone to be saved. And I think that it was always meant to kill Anya, this ritual. She was going to be the sacrifice no matter what. And I think, I think that Ilanka is going to be the one that turns out to be healed because it's got to be Ilanka, right? I think it would be very interesting yeah. if it wasn't. It's the obvious yeah. choice for it to be it Ilanka. It seem like it but would be I, her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to hear what you guys think about who it is, um, what your initial thoughts were. But I, my last prediction is that once Shasta has cured Ilanka, she will try to recruit her into her cult. She's going to be doing that real soon, probably next episode, or maybe like in the finale, just it'll come down to like, mm -hmm. are you going to join? Um, because when Ilanka first gets there, like in Ilanka's story, she was this witch with the power to scry, with the power to see the future. And Ilanka has that ability in real life. You know, she's been getting flashes of what's to come. And so she says when she first gets there to Kevin, she looks at him and she's like, I'm going to live. So it's like, well, you would know, wouldn't you, witchy lady? <laughs> you can see the future. So I don't know if that was foreshadowing or not. But so, yeah, who do you guys think will be healed? And what do you think of my theory? <laughs> I hadn't. I, I should have, because now that you say it, it's like, yeah, that seems pretty like obvious. Like once you've really thought about it in the depth that we usually do. But for some reason. I didn't really put those two like together. Like I was like, oh yeah, it didn't work for Anya, but it maybe it worked. And then the whole somebody's healed. I was like, I don't know. It was just for some reason those did not click. So as you're saying that, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Mm -hmm. like <laughs> I mean, they were just offering her up on a platter to these things, right? They lay her right. on the ground. They got blood on her forehead. Like it's all goodbye, Anya. Goodbye, Anya. It, goodbye, Anya. You know, it's what it, it seems is, like. Right. And so it, it does seem like it should be Ilanka. As well, like you said, kind of the Regina character yeah, of like this the leader, ritual. The yeah. She's the one leading yeah. it. And that's, we see what happens is with, with the Paragon was Regina was left alive while every other member was dead. So, And also yeah. adding Shasta's blood into this whole concoction. Shasta is a very powerful, I'm going to assume, a very powerful person, well-practiced in these things. So you don't know what kind mm. of shit she's doing on her own time. While this ritual right. is going on, she can probably project her feelings, emotions, intentions, whatever, through her like blood in this thing. So I think that that might have had something to do with it too. I don't know. The fact that Shasta was like, "Well, you need five, and look at me, look at that. I, you got me. 
lucky. Yeah, how lucky. lucky. I, you know? Yeah, I fully intend um, or fully believe that she intended, you know, for that. So I, I definitely buy your theory and it just makes sense that it would be Alanka. And I think that it's, you know, and right now Alanka already feels guilty because they weren't able to save Anya. I and I think that it, you know, if, if this show can be more cruel to add to that guilt for it to be Alanka to be saved at the sacrifice of Anya. You know, I know that's not what she, she intended, but you know, I, I talked about this on one of our other episodes and this is kind of one of my points about Alanka or a note really is just, she's, I know trying to save her friends, but she's also very self-serving in all of this. That is why she yes. ended up at Bright mm -hmm. Cliff. That is, you know, she's been the one seeking out all of these answers and other paths to heal herself, not just like get better or treatment. Like she is full on looking for healing. She latched onto that Julia Jane story and said, I'm going to figure out what she did and I'm going to do that. And she seems very determined at the detriment of her friends. And if this is true, and I am buying into this theory, because um, I was kind of thinking that myself, like it has to be Alanka that is the one that's saved. And we saw uh, when we got those flashbacks of the Paragon, you know, they were trying these smaller sacrifices and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we don't really understand, or at least maybe I didn't there at the end when everyone ends up dead, but Regina was had survived. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It sounds like everyone else got sacrificed so you could live forever. You know, it wasn't she just wanted to be healed. Yeah. She wanted to like live forever. Um, so it sounds like everyone else sacrificed. Well, it doesn't say live forever. It says a very well, long life. That's I think that I think that the choice of words true. is key there because I don't I think that what happens with these things over all of the content I've consumed over the years to <laughs> yeah. do with which is the devil's going to have Yeah, no. Yeah, it's sure. like a caveat. You, know? you guys remember you guys remember Doctor Strange? I mean not Doctor Strange. Um mm -hmm. yeah, Doctor Strange. The um mm -hmm. the sequel to The Shining. That was Doctor Strange, Doctor right? Sleep. For some Doctor reason sleep. Dr. Sleep, thank you. I was like, yes. not strange. Strange indeed, but not, not that. Uh, <laughs> I got strange on the brain. Um, so Sleep. good. Right. So it's like, you know how they had to keep um, sucking the life. It would wear off, you know? So I think with these kind of things, mm -hmm. you have to continue to feed. Once you enter into this, you're mm -hmm. in it, you know? And if you want to keep what you got, you have to keep finding someone to sacrifice or you have to keep performing these rituals and you have to keep finding new ways or new people to uh, get to trust you so that you can use them. It's all about using people. Do you think that... And so then if Shasta is Julia Jane, I think I, I think we may be sharing yeah, a, a brainwave. Yeah, inadvertently... uh, Is that what she's doing to Alanka for her own gain, her mm -hmm. own health, her own power? Well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I mean... She's using her for yeah. something very clear. She's <laughs> she saw how Alanka is extremely intelligent. She does shine bright. She is a very special person. She's not your average girl, and and certainly not of her dumb age. Things, you know, it she's, aggravates me that we keep we keep she getting dumb, reminded well. of how smart she is, but she's do she does <laughs> dumb things and makes dumb mistakes yeah. sometimes, and I'm like. Be so I think I think that that's her youth yeah. showing through because it's all about who she trusts and who she listens to, and how she doesn't look before mm -hmm. she leaves. Well, she's getting told what mm -hmm. she wants to but hear. But she, you know, she doesn't want to accept, right. like Doctor Stanton and what she's saying. Like, you know, oh well, we're just 
you have permission to leave the battleground. You know, we're just here, you know, to accept, you know, what is and to live peacefully with what we have left. And Alanka totally just rejects all of that. Yeah. And so, you know, she's hearing what she wants to hear from Shasta. Like, yeah, it's possible. Well, Shasta's telling her exactly Exactly. what she knows she wants to hear, which is what any good charismatic leader of a cult will do. They will zero in on what you want and they'll tell you that I have that answer. No matter what it is, any charlatan, it's, it's like rule one AAA of any Mm -hmm. charlatanism, (laughs) you know, is figure out the weakness and say, I have the answer to that and get them to trust you on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that, yeah, I think that's what's happening here. I think that Shasta is, um, she sees like the potential that Alanka would have what she could get out of Alanka being on her side and joining her her cult or her followers or whatever she's got going on. So yeah, yeah. that that makes sense. She's yeah, and I sure. really wanted to believe she was good <laughs> yeah. too. She, and I guess that's again how someone in her position would present themselves to be, you know, laid back and you know um, just charming and. Uh, so it's it's easy. She probably swept me in a little bit too the first couple times that that we we saw Shasta. See, I was not swept in. I was bothered by it. I did a whole. I left you guys an entire long ass voicemail about why she's fucking bothering me. I'm like, I don't buy it. And I thought it was an acting thing that was bothering me, but now I see it's a it's a choice. It's a very specific choice to be this. Mm-hmm. She's kind of doing the thing that Bev was doing. She's got that Bev yeah. energy, you know, like she's got the and, and Samantha Sloyan does it so well, that yeah. cold, detached, mm-hmm. icy, eerie, uncanny way about her that makes you very unsettled. And I can see why Mike Flanagan's like, I think I could use this actress in a lot of things yeah. that I do because she just unsettles <laughs> yeah. you, you know? She's so talented. Yeah. So talented. And she had one line in these, this moment where she's talking to Alanka that I really liked until now that we've talked about all this. And then it kind of puts a different spin on it. And I'm like, damn it. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, she says some pretty out there things. But I will say, you know, when she when she's talking to Alanka and you're just like, you know, that whole, you know, the ritual didn't work. And she's like, you know, not for Anya, which now I'm like, well, wow, that's a, the fact that she said it that way. But then she follows it up. She goes, you tried and that matters. It mattered to Anya. I can promise you that. And at first I'm like, oh, that's such a sweet thing. It but was. And now I'm like, but if she knew that what was going to happen from the whole time, then I'm like, also, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> you right. <know? laughs> well, yeah. I think yeah. just another form of manipulation, I guess, to Alanka, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah, I am starting to see a little bit more of a sinister side and see how Alanka is becoming more and more trusting of her. And it it frustrates me with Alanka that she... You know, is not questioning more. I'm like, you are so smart, but you're you're just so into seeking out an answer to curing yourself. And yes, maybe curing others as well. I do think she had good intentions for Anya um, and for the rest of the group, but that's initially why she was there. And it it angers me that she and and yeah, I know she's a, a youth, so I have to like allow a little grace for that. Um, but at the same time, it's just it's frustrating that she doesn't question a little bit more into Shasta's intentions, um, and that she's I think falling pretty hard. So yeah, I'm I'm starting to kind of see that side of her. I I didn't want her to be that way, but I do think that she has some some 
bad intentions and she's not clear about who she is. Um, and, and she doesn't answer any fucking questions. Everything. <laughs> she yeah. deflects everything. Yes, definitely. And that's why I, I was picking up on it as I was like, man, as an actor, she just doesn't seem to be making a choice. She's, she's just kind of like playing it safe. You know, she's not. And, and at first for me, it was reading like, just weird and out of place and tonally just off. And now I'm like, she was doing it on purpose. That's a purposeful thing because <laughs> if she, she doesn't want to be one way or the other, she, she's very, she's taking all of her cues off of Ilanka and she's every step she takes is to counter exactly what Ilanka is doing. So if Ilanka goes this way, okay, I'll go that way, you know, and she matches her up with her perfectly. So she's a tricky one, tricky, tricky Shasta. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I can't fault Ilanka. There's, as, as pissed off as she, she is making me more and more each episode, <laughs> especially with the fucking just, yeah, let's all just pour our blood into this pot, guys. That sounds like a great idea. And, and not tell, I mean, you should know who you're entering into a blood mm-hmm. coven with. Like, you should know. You know, I was thing. very yeah. like, uh-uh. No. And I, you guys covered it really well with Sandra just coming down and being a part of it and saying, I'm going to do this, guys. But in my own way, proceeds to do everything exactly right. as she is told. I'm like, okay, so your way is just to do it exactly how it's supposed to be done. Got it. Um, I was shocked by that. And I was very like, mm, mm, mm. I think it's more of a writing thing than anything. I'm like, this is character inconsistency. <laughs> right here. I, I do not think that this would be happening. But right. But I was going to say, I don't, I can't fault these kids for doing anything that they do because if I was told I was going to die, I mean, put yourself in that position for just a second. Like that, I can't even imagine it. You know, I would get a little short sighted too. And I would get a little like, you have hope? You have an answer? Where? Tell me, where? What do I have to do? You know, I mean, I would do anything. I would do anything. Oh, totally. It is, it is hard to find fault with them seeking something out because if you've been through and and Paik and I got on a, a bit of a tangent last week talking about like n- natural remedies versus like medicine and seeking treatment from medical professionals but um you know if you've been through everything that modern medicine can provide to you you know and you're still like mm-hmm. sorry this is it we we have nothing left to throw at this you, you this is all the time that you have left um, then I'd be like, okay, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I want to live, you know? And, and, you know, so it is hard to fault, you know, anyone for just lying down and, and just being like, okay, then yeah, I'll just accept my fate. And I'm just going to sit here and wait until I die. I would, I, I don't think it's, you know, such a bad thing to try and seek out something. Now, again, how, where's that line, you know, where's the line that you, that you don't cross to, to, to try to find some other way of, of healing yourself or healing someone else, you know, what, you know, I do think that there's a line there. I don't, not sure what that is, but you know, um, so no, I don't fault them for, or Alonka, especially at their age, you know, they haven't even had a chance to live, you know? So, yeah, you know, it's hard to fault them for, you know, and because Alonka says it really well, she's like, yeah, a, a very short life when she was talking to yeah. Very, I was just about to say, yeah, so very short life. It's it's hard too, mm-hmm. but it, it just still just like, oh, you know, you could at least be a little bit more 
questioning mm. about because you don't know anything about this person that you're dealing with. And like you said, there's a blood bond. And I feel like she'd be, have been smart enough to do a lot of research into looking at, into things like that, maybe being a little bit more cautious. But if she were, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about <laughs> this show. Mm, <laughs> right. Much. How much exactly. fun would that be? <laughs> yeah. No. And, and how we don't know how what that ritual has done to to bond them together. So we don't know how in Ilanka really is by or how how in it all of these kids now are because when you join in something like that you got like I'm saying you got to know who you're involving yourself with you know so we don't know what that ritual real I'd be very I'll be very very eager to see what that ritual exactly was for what it what it was mm-hmm. really about because I do not think it was what we I were told right. it was it can't right. be Shasta's got to know what she's doing more. Yeah, clear. Yeah, clearly she is yeah. not, you know, one to like. We know she's lied. We know she doesn't answer direct questions. You know, she she deflects. Uh, so why would we believe that this ritual that she told her to perform is actually what its true intent was? So yeah, that makes perfect sense. She hasn't been very forthcoming at all. Like cults, I don't know anything about the Paragon or cults. Oh well, by the way, the, the Paragon. This is you know, <laughs> this is all about the Paragon. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> here's everything that they did. Right. My encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge on the Paragon cult and ancient Greeks. By the yeah. way, don't you know? So. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yep. Cake. All right. Yeah, I've got another point. Uh, hopefully not so long. <laughs> not to say that it's like a bad thing. I love getting into like really good conversations. I was like, man, uh, got a lot to dig in here that I wasn't expecting, which is cool. It's why it's mm-hmm. always great to have Jade come on and be like, man, I don't have a lot of notes for this week. <laughs> Call Jade. She's got plenty. Of <laughs> She's got oh, I, can, I uh, can pull notes out of like nothing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. But yeah, no, uh, another character, older character, like you talked about, that I am questioning things on, definitely for sure. Georgina mm. Stanton. Oh. Um, Talk about it. Man, uh, I mean, we learned Stanton is real pissed off about the whole basement ritual situation she big mad like it is she is yeah very upset about everything uh i love alanka talking to anya in that little moment where she's telling her is like you would be pleased to know that stanton exploded just like went went nuclear about it she goes she said words <laughs> only you could have taught her yeah which <laughs> that was amazing um <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out, yeah, what's what's up with Stanton? Uh, she's very upset about everything, which I mean, I guess if I was running this kind of home for for terminal youths and I'm like, you were doing what in the basement? You were, you know, like, heck, what backwards bat shit is going on? Um, so I get that she would be like concerned, but like her level of anger seems a little strange. Uh, she giving them the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. But but especially when it gets specifics, when she's questioning Alanka, where she's, where did you find this journal? What do you, what what were you doing? What were you trying? What was what were you attempting to do? What was the purpose of what you were doing? And the fact that she's grilling her on like those mm-hmm. specific questions, you know, is almost as you know, like what were you trying to do? Almost as if she almost knew the answer, but was too afraid to get the answer she thought she was looking for. Or with the journal, you know, where did you find this? Like, she knows what kind of power it has. She knows what's in it. To where when Alanka tells her, I found the journal in the library, the look of confusion that comes on her face. Yeah. When she looks at Alanka and the journal back and forth, like, 
you did mm-hmm. it was where like that that's not what she was expecting uh doesn't give me a lot of answers at all but i'm like i'm really curious about stanton especially she's on the phone at the end of the episode i'm jumping ahead a little uh where yeah, she, whoever she's, she's talking, talking to, to on the phone she's talking about the ritual she's talking about the mm-hmm. ritual she doesn't say that but she's like you know and then the kids they were doing you know and she kind of drifts off from that she doesn't say what they're doing but she goes it just brought back some stuff and it's like so you are aware of what's going on <laughs> like if the ritual that they did in the basement was bringing back some old memories uh who are you like what's what, what have you been through what do you know uh so again this points more just questions but that's really what they left us with with, with Stanton but just the way that she reacted to certain things, specifically the journal and the ritual where she was like, what are you up to? Because I feel like I know what you're up to and I don't want the right answer. You know, the answer I think you're going to give me, I don't want because it's giving me bad memories. Uh, and then the journal, she seems to be scared of it. Uh, and then of course, another thing with Stanton that just, as I very much figured, I mentioned this episodes ago, Obviously, yes. The meetings, the Midnight Club, are not actually. I love a that they to addressed anyone. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the funniest part of the episode. Why do you always right. think there's fresh yeah. firewood? And Mesh is like, the, a Mesh's face. And then a Mesh's like, face. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> we never thought about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, of course, we, we, we talked the about firewood. That. Like, there's no way that stanton or the night nurses or someone doesn't know what's going on that they don't know that they either can't hear them Mm -hmm. they've seen them sneaking around of course they have to know that and and it seems harmless enough they're just sneaking down to the library at midnight telling stories and mean until it kind of went haywire with alonka joining the group and they're going down and performing rituals in the basement but you know so you know they have to know so i'm really glad that they addressed it because it you know i i think some were like confused like well it's so dumb that they don't know. Well, they know. They know. We just, yeah. They clearly know. Yeah. So she just kind of strolls in there and she's just like, yeah, I've, I've known about the meetings forever. And it's been going on for like mm-hmm. generations. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a, it's just a well-known thing here. And uh, she says it like comforts her knowing yeah. that a, yeah. a, a, a meeting is in session. There's a fire going and my kids are all safe and they're all enjoying their, what they was well, left of their lives, sh- you know? Yeah, I and that's what I liked is it's not that she just knows it's going on, but that she loves she loves the it. midnight club. She stories likes what's going on. She I, says stories. I had to take a quote. Yeah. Yes, our life. Yeah, I the love the sounds that. of stories are the sounds of life. Yeah, and the fact that she, I love that quote because that's what she says. Like you kids down here sharing your stories, it's like there's something for you to look forward to every night. There's something you're living for is to tell these stories exactly. to each other and have this bond with each other. It's giving them something mm-hmm. to hold yeah. on to and. That's touching to her. But right now she's pretty pissed. So she's like, so we're going to call it a good night right now. <laughs> like we're not doing it tonight. We'll talk about the future of Midnight Club tomorrow when we've all kind of settled down. Mm-hmm. Really, um, <laughs> And so she does. She goes to to settle down for the night after she has shut down the Midnight Club meeting that night. She's up late. Smoking some herb I love and yeah. burning I was some like, journal. I knew she was a uh, I love it. <laughs> well, they all yeah. said, they were like, she has yeah. to smoke pot. Like, she's not a drinker. Uh-huh. She's yeah, definitely I a pot it. smoker. <laughs> they knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so she has, she's up late with a joint and she's reading through the journal. And then she gets to a point where she just gets I up and throws so it in the fire. I was so surprised like, by that. Were you guys surprised that she yeah. threw it in the fire? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I was yeah, bummed. Bummed, but like, what the hell? Yeah, we don't get to know more about it. But, 
but it's almost like she was like confirming like, oh, that's Alanka got this from here and this and that's what. Okay, well, this is dangerous. Let's get rid of it. Uh, but it's, it's like she knew what it was. She wasn't shocked. Was it maybe her mother's? It could mm. be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, it was that was Athena's journal. So I'm saying, mm-hmm. is that her journal? I don't know. Anyway, continue, Pink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and what, the other reason she's up, yeah, I mean, she's grieving the loss of Anya. Like it hit her really hard. She even says right. on this phone call, which. That she needs to make this phone call. It's late night. We don't know who she's talking to, if that's of any importance. It's but you know, there's somebody that she's able to call. And she's like, right now, I just needed to smoke a joint and talk to you on the phone. You know, uh, but yeah, wherever she's talking to, she mentions you know that what the kids were doing was bringing up some old stuff, and which was intriguing, like I mentioned. But then we get that big reveal. Yes, that she got a call from some doctors that. One of her kids is no longer terminal and looks like she gets to send somebody home. Uh, Alanka makes a little bit of noise, so she can't stick around to find out. She like uh, runs through the friggin' place like a clumsy like <laughs> gazelle. Knows. She's just tripping all over. I'm like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Go 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 go. And she like trots off. I'm like, that was clearly you she uh, was really like, the kid that never snuck out of the house or whatever. She was the she was the good yeah. kid. Right. Like, what was that? <laughs> nice yeah i don't know whether if, if she would have stuck around quietly if stanton would have even said the name over the phone or said anything more about it anyway but but it does leave us with that uh little bit of mystery which maybe isn't that much of a mystery if we do just want to take it at face value like oh yeah probably alanka but i did like what you said was like well what if it is somebody else to where alanka gets it in her head that maybe it is her or she's doing but then Maybe that's a twist on her at the end is to find out she's been supplying life to somebody else completely Mm -hmm. or something, you know. There's going to be some weird (laughs) twist to come. I feel if we know Flanagan, um, he'll lead you one path Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's a red herring and it'll be twisted in some other way. I'm sure that I have no idea what where it's going to go, but I'll just add to what you said about Dr. Stanton. she made a point when she was talking to Alanka, you know, cause she's like, you know, I'll throw you out of here. She's like, you don't know me. And I just, she said it just, she was very specific mm-hmm. when she said that. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you know mm-hmm. what? We don't know you. We don't know a whole lot about you. She's, yeah, she's, we know she's nothing mystery still. And who who was on the other and it may not be important i don't know but it it is interesting that she had someone that she could trust with this information you know that that she was able to to talk yeah. about this ritual that what was happening there um at the hospice and and that one of the kids you know looks like they're somehow healed and and might be able to go home so i i do think it could be someone important but it might not be um but i I I did pull that out of her conversation with Alanka when she's like, you don't know me. And I'm like, yeah, we don't. Um, you are a mystery too. I don't know that she's bad or anything. I, I, you know, I, I do find her to be an interesting character. And I, when Shasta was talking about her too, Shasta often refers to Dr. Stan. There's got to be some sort of history there more than just being like neighbors. She refers to her yeah, as George. She seems to have, mm-hmm. like she knows, knows her, her. Knows her intimately, <laughs> and she talks about, Oh, she's got this chip on her shoulder, you know, um, you know, she needs to like learn to like knock 
knock that off. Um, she seems to just know her really well and have an intimate knowledge of mm-hmm. her. So it, it again makes me believe that she could be, you know, Julia Jane and, and have that personal history with her maybe. Um, I have a hard time seeing any way yeah. that she's not Julia Jane. They're just very, right. I, I'm pretty, I'm calling her Julia. Like, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I feel pretty confident <laughs> kind of. now. Again, it could be something, it could be a red herring, but yeah, I feel that too. So I, I'm like, well, maybe that's where that history comes from and why she feels like she, she knows her because she's, she's a former patient and also then ended up being a neighbor, probably an annoying neighbor to a point um, to Dr. Stanton. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. And I, you guys, you, so have you thought about who Stanton is? Because for all that she has said over these episodes, she hasn't said much, but what she does say, like when, when Alanka in a group meeting, I think a couple of episodes ago, she gets so, she's obsessed with fighting death. And she says, don't get so obsessed with fighting death that you forget to live. And she's like, that's not the way. The way that she talks about it, I'm like, okay, she's got to be Athena, right? We talked about and, that, and, and I thought that she could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we thought, or I theorized that she could well, be Athena. The, I yeah. I see it as totally workable. Like, she, but I just don't understand why they wouldn't, why they couldn't have fudged the timeline to make her the right age. Because Heather Langenkamp is 58 years old. If she was Athena, she would be 70 in this reality. So why it just bothers me, you know? I'm like she's not 70. Like is she trying to play 70? I don't know. They're not doing a good job of making her look 70. She doesn't look she looks 58, she, you know. Maybe through whatever rituals that she uh, a part of. I don't you know, know, but she didn't she... she wasn't into it. She was she wanted to escape but and she we, was into know. it to a point once in, until they started doing like the heavier sacrifices right. maybe maybe it did a little a bit. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I thought initially. She got a smidge here. (laughs) She got a good 15 (laughs) years of, because a good 15 years would make it work. You know, I'm like, I got this 15 year kind of going here. Like you're, I could see her, I could buy her as like 60, but she's supposed to be 70 if she's Athena. So I'm like, maybe she got like harness and it makes her sound kind of sinister, but knowing that she's running a hospice where kids are dying. Can she somehow, you know, are they considered a sacrifice when they die? And, you know, she's somehow found a way to kind of harness that in some way that I'm really reaching here. I don't know. But, you know, I'm just um, I don't see her. I just don't see her. She's so she's so angry about what these kids are doing with this witchcraft stuff. She's so upset about it. She would be Athena that she's, you know, totally like, yeah, you should not be messing with any of this, you know, at all. Like I yeah, know what could happen. What, yeah. what I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the carnage and the wake that it leaves. You know, it, it's it's like a trail mm-hmm. of just bodies. You know, and she was lucky to get out alive with a couple of other little kids. So I don't know, um, but I do want to she talk be about one of the other kids that got out. Maybe not Athena directly, but. They're younger than she was. Yeah, but the, what's fun <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She's got to be Athena. <laughs> I know, I know. I've thought of all these things too, and I'm like, she's got to be Athena. And the fact that she burns the diary, like if it's her diary, I'm like, well, it's yours to do what you want yeah. with. So kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's why I wasn't that shocked when she did it. because And she just seems like she knows what's in that thing. Like she knows yeah. she knows what it, what it can tell you. Yeah. Um, 
But I do just want to say about her little thing with Anya, she seems to be having her own little private ceremony for Anya. And she says she's having a really hard time with this, with this death. And I don't know if you guys remember, but in episode two, the two Dana's episode, when she gives Anya the, her roommate's locket, she says, um, I, she's like, talks about how she sees herself in Anya. And she says, you're stubborn, overconfident, full of conviction, and you hate to lose. Nothing gets under my skin more than someone who's like me. And Anya thinks she's talking about Alanka. And she says, no, it's you. You're like a little me, only tougher. And Mm -hmm. so she's having a really hard time with, you know, getting over the fact that Mm -hmm. Anya is gone. And did it seem weird to anyone else that, like, they didn't give Anya a funeral? I feel like that's the first thing Stanton would be on top of yeah i I, they like she's got all these groups going on like wouldn't you want group closure and have a funeral seems weird i don't know because alanka kind of alluded to her pre-need because you know we we had a whole segment in an earlier episode you know where she had to where alanka when she first came had to fill out all these papers like well what what are your wishes what do you want do you want to be buried you want to be cremated you know what 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 can we do you know, when you're pat, when you pass and they didn't really mention anything other than, I guess maybe that she, that Anya wanted to be cremated. And did she even want a service? Did she, was it even in there? I mean, but still like funerals funerals are for the living, living, you know, more than anything. So, and that's what these kids do. It's so funny that like, as soon as she says, she demands they go to bed, Alonka's like, no, let's go outside. Surely they won't notice or care. Like, let's go (laughs) directly out there. Doing carelessly with, and and putting everyone else in a position to like either get in trouble or for something bad to happen, you know. And poor Sandra's Um, like, maybe we should go to bed. No, Sandra, no, you will follow us. (laughs) Sandra's like, okay. We're going to do this. You know, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a, a, a spoiler for my last main point, but I won't get too into it right now. But it's kind of that's what it is: is Alanka having good intentions but bad timing or bad, you know, a lot of. It's because that's kind of what it was. Because you think like, no, that's good. It's good intentions that you have for we should do this funeral for Anya. But like, why not tomorrow? Why not the next night? Like, why does it have yeah. to be right? Right. It's almost now. like there is a. I am purposely defying Stanton with this idea right now. Like literally to, after she leaves the yeah. room. Like I want mm-hmm. everyone to go to bed right now, and then she's like, "Uh, no, we're going outside and going to the beach." And I'm like, oh, "God, yeah. you keep making." Because it was these- just stated they don't know what to do with the ashes. They just. They're in the possession of uh, Alanka, so like, and so Alanka's like, I'm to gonna right make, away. yeah, <laughs> and Alanka's like, I'm gonna make the elective decision to do what I want to do with her, with someone else's ashes, like right. everyone yeah, instead of a get on board. Yeah, everyone yeah. was friends with Alanka. Why? Or sorry, with Anya. Why didn't they instead of Alanka being the one to to decide? And maybe I mean, know, I but... think everybody thought it was a great idea. I think everyone was right. like, yeah, like we would all probably want to do the same thing anyway. But Anya, I mean, Alanka is just quite the leader. She's quite mm-hmm. the she takes on a lot, and nobody asked her to. <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. asked for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. she thinks she knows what's best. She really is convinced of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Oh boy, she's convinced herself for sure. But yeah, I, I just, I really think Stanton has got to be. I think she's got to be Athena. I don't. I just wish that the math worked out better. But, but yeah, I know. I think that you're right. That, that she was 16 when, when this whole thing 
kind of exploded when her mom killed everybody. So maybe like those 16 years held on for a while because of everything that she had been through, like with the cult. So she stayed 16 for like an extra 10 years before she started to age again. I don't know. You know, it makes, it would certainly make sense. You know, yeah, have have happened for sure. Yeah, we'll see. I can't wait to find out. Yeah, (laughs) me too. All right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., So let's talk about, and I feel Jade, you're going to have a point on him too. And I'm sure you too, Hake, because Mm. he is always a point of conversation. And that is Kevin. (laughs) Mr. Kevin. Yeah. I am still not quite sure what to think about him. I, I found that interaction between him and Alonka down at the lake after they had their funeral for Anya. He had an interesting moment where he points out like Anya's death wasn't a very big deal because they're all going to be there soon. Um, Mm -hmm. And while he's not wrong, I think, you know, it just seemed that he, maybe it's a defense mechanism for him or something to kind of brush off the impact of Anya's death. Maybe. Um, he said, I don't, know. don't spin out. It doesn't matter. All of us here were already gone. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just seems very pessimistic. Ominous. Like in a weird. Negative. And you know, I was, and with the way he's like, well, that didn't come out right. And I'm like, well, how is it supposed well, to? Kevin, Kevin never comes like- out right. He always is very clumsy with his. He's like the least <laughs> yeah. eloquent person. Yeah. He always yeah. says things wrong. And he can tell he thought whatever he said did not come out the right way because he's just like yeah. oh fuck you know and just you know walks away and it sounds like even he maybe was surprised by what he was saying you know and and mm-hmm. kind of being a little you know offhand about it like you know well it's okay we're all we're all kind of in the same boat and you know it, probably not the best thing to say to uh, Alanka at the moment she was obviously very impacted by what happened with Anya, not only losing Anya, but then the guilt over, you know, she, when she was talking to Dr. Stanton, she's like, we, we lost time, you know, we lost time with her. We wasted her time. You know, she could have had, um, you know, we could have just been spending time with her, you know, if she, you know, cause she was awake and they could have just, you know, been with her or, or making what she had, you know, more of that time. Instead, they had her in a dirty, dark, dingy basement. You know, but they were ritual. saying 
they were saying such lovely things to her. And they yeah, were all telling after. her how much they loved her. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, a total waste. No, no, I meant just the part where they were in the basement doing the ritual itself, not yeah. so much after, you know, in this episode, but but the time that they did have. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think about Kevin. I I don't even really have a very good theory about him anymore. I know I kept talking about like, it seems like every time like that one of these like old ghosts, you know, turns up, it's Kevin there in their place or something. So I don't know if he's somehow tied to them. I don't know if there's a possession thing that's that's happened or something, or if it's just not that at all and he's just kind of weird or something. But there's <laughs> he's just you know, kind of weird. <laughs> you know, and that's okay. It's okay to be weird. But you know, with his story, you know, the the stories that he tells, like being the serial killer, um, you know, and then and how it's never finished, like it still hasn't finished yet yeah we're still kind of like in the middle of the story what does that mean are we going to get more of it um i don't know i don't know what to think about kevin so i i I, i'm interested to to get y'all's thoughts on kevin because i think i probably need some help kind of figuring some of that out well first of all off the bat i gotta get out of the way what did you guys think of that kiss because i was like (laughs) Kevin, not not kiss yeah uh, but he i was like sir that was me that was dirty you totally led her to think that you were gonna kiss her and then you were like um what are you doing Uh, i'm not gonna i have a girlfriend what do you it's like i knew jesus dude that was on him that was rude i did not i was like you went down like five notches in my mind just then mister that was not kind (laughs) yeah you don't you don't do that to a girl Yeah, yeah. I knew, like those vibes were there, and uh, you know, I've I've mentioned that uh, quite a few episodes now, like especially with like Kevin's stories and mixed well, signals. Like, I have a feeling. Talk about mixed signals he's given this signals. girl. I know. Jesus, like, you know his feelings maybe towards her, and then I was like, does Alanka feel the same way? And so in this episode, we see Alanka definitely maybe be you know maybe feeling that way, and then she been know, feeling Kevin it to 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 shut her down like that was was real rough. I'm like. Well, clearly, I really thought it was going to happen. Not gentlemanly. I wasn't expecting. No. I was expecting him to initiate it. And then when she did and he pulled back, I was like, damn. Um, but if, up it, until that point, it was like mutual. He was right there in her up in her face. Mm-hmm. He was right up in her face. He, I swear, yeah. leaned. He leaned. You, you there was a lean. You don't lean, man, unless you're going to follow through. And then don't. He's been don't, leaning. He keeps he doing this to her. Leaning. It's it's very frustrating. Like you you said it very well. Mixed signals, you know. He and he's been doing it from the beginning. You yeah. Know, he never once. I mean, you have to. It was very obvious that he and Alanka, when they met and got to know each other there in the first couple of episodes, they had a bit of a connection. And he never once, you know, mentioned you know talking about his family or ever mentioned having a girlfriend. And then right, you know, in that and then she embarrasses herself. We meet her. Yeah, and then, mm-hmm. you know, she does, she embarrasses herself, and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, and you never said anything, and he's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, and he never really fully explains himself. You know, Great boyfriend. Didn't say anything. Exactly, like, oh, well, why aren't you talking about your girlfriend? Why aren't you, you know, <laughs> mentioning that? Um, when you sorry, Peg. Family or something. I know we're but... shitting on your boy right now, but your boy, know, so much. you gotta teach him well, some game here. Him. He don't got no game. His game is sucking. <laughs> And again, maybe it's maybe I'm being kind of harsh because I know he's young. Wait, you know, what happens with your mic? It keeps twirling. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Uh, of its own. Um, it's Abort. got its own mind here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to do something completely opposite today. Um, 
but yeah, he he's he's been doing that since the beginning, and yeah, they definitely you know have a moment, and he leans. He leans. There was a and lean. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, well, what are you doing? I can't do that." And I'm like, "Oh my god." I mean, no, you shouldn't be doing that because if you have a girlfriend, then you shouldn't be doing that. But don't don't lead but her. Don't also be in the position. Yeah, where don't you're be leading the, somebody else on. Don't in that put either, yourself then. in that position. <laughs> you know, and then and then make her feel. I feel like he was kind of allowing her to take the responsibility for it. Oh, totally. And I'm like, I'm like, that, that's on you. Yet again, yeah, don't you know, put that no, I get because again, Kevin's my boy. Kevin's yeah. my dude. But even here, <laughs> I'm watching him. Like he's being very clumsy. Bro, dick move. Come on, man. Dick move. (laughs) (laughs) No, you are no gentleman, sir. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, moving on. Um, What do you got, Pake, about Kevin? Go for it. Man, I don't don't have a whole lot. Not really a lot of thoughts, just other than, yeah, that... I mean, I clearly... This connection, this chemistry has been there this whole show. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, even led into them when they're telling their stories, kind of, that they're putting each other in there, kind of, even subconsciously, maybe. And so it was all leading up to that point. So I remember watching this episode the first time and seeing he goes to her in the water and they kind of have this close moment. And then it when it lingers on them, I was like, and here it comes. Like, I was like, yeah, here we go. Because I'm not so aware. I was like, in ah. my mindset, I was like, this sounds bad. But I was just like, eh. What girlfriend? Uh, you don't ever, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. like you don't even talk about her. Like it's like you're staying together because one of you feels bad that you're dying. So uh, at least you, one you, of you, you so. killed her in your serial killer story. Right. You know, yeah. So I was like, I feel like it's probably not even that serious of a relationship. It's just like this, like feeling like he has to stay with it. Like it's <laughs> like he's like, well, I'm dying, so. You don't want to be the girl that gets dumped by the kid with cancer, and I don't want to be the kid with cancer that gets dumped. So, like, I guess we'll just roll with it and just, you know. Um, But but I feel like she's not really that much of a serious situation to him. I mean, he's not living at home. He's not seeing her all the time. You know, we've never seen him on the phone with her. Uh, So, so in my mind, I'm like, eh. Does she is she really that important? So I was like, if you want to get with with Alanka, if you want to make something happen here, great, go for it. And so I thought it was going to happen, and then no. And I w- I figured if anybody was going to be the one to like, no, I need my mind's not in the right place. It would have been Alanka. I didn't really expect it to come from him, and so then I was like, man, you led her all the way on to that point, and then you let her fall off the cliff all by herself. What are you doing, dude? Well, and in my mind, I just don't get why Alonka is so... Okay, Kevin is my least favorite character, so I am not going to be as kind to him. I'm sorry, Pig, but I just... Um, it, from the beginning, he's always calling... He's always insisting that Alonka's crazy when she talks about her visions. You know, he... And she's like, did you just call me crazy? And he's like, no, uh, I can't speak ever. Uh, you know, he just, he's so like rude, you know, I, I don't get why she's so into him. I seriously don't, but hey, to each their own. Um, but so, so when they, and like, I remember when they first go down to the basement, Kevin really did not want to go down there. Remember how insistent, they had that long yeah. ass scene in the elevator and she's like, it's a button, Kevin. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but no, please, no, we should really, let's go back up. Come on, let's go back up. No, please, let's, don't, don't go down. And then as soon as they started to go down, he was like shitting himself. He was like, I do not yeah. want to go. It was almost like he knew what was down there. 
It was almost like he had mm-hmm. been there before or something. I, I rewatched this um, last night, late last night. I was rewatching all this Kevin stuff because I'm like, all right, what the fuck is going on with Kevin? Because I think that this linkage to Kevin and the old woman, every time we see the old woman, it turns into Kevin. Every time. Mm-hmm. Actually, with episode. the exception of this episode, right. Yeah. <laughs> because she passes out, but she passes out. So we don't know what yeah. would have happened but so yeah kevin will be the one that is there when she wakes up right <laughs> seems to be He's how it gonna goes be the one to find her on the bathroom dude yeah. probably will though probably <laughs> will um so yeah like i started to think kevin's the one story rima you were saying last your last podcast you were saying like his story hasn't ended yet and i think they're doing this intentionally so that we can't link it to anything so that we can't like make any connections with Kevin's story because they keep dragging it out and dragging it out like what's going to happen? Just stay alive. We don't know. And I am starting to see links though between everything that happens with Kevin and this lady, this lady and this and this man, scary, creepy people, they don't seem to have any agency of their own. They haven't done anything yet. They're just menacing at this point. They can't affect mm-hmm. anything, it doesn't seem. So do they need to like have a host to work through? Do they need to like use someone to like hijack their consciousness, like a possession kind of a thing? I think Rima, you mentioned it last episode. Like, um, and that's exactly where I was going with it. Are they going to start? Like, was he the one? Because okay, with the don't you know in the mm-hmm. basement? I mm-hmm. thought for sure that the don't was put there by those that ghost lady, that scary lady with the black mouth. Um, because I wasn't sure why. I was like, well, if the ritual is meant to save people and she wants to like eat people or like feed on them, she wants people to die. So she would say, don't, don't do the ritual because if you do, then people mm-hmm. will be saved and I want you to die. So don't do it. You know, she would, I thought that that ghost lady, cause she was the one who was in the basement when Anya first went down there. She like kind of, it looked like she like lived there or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so we get that like jump scare with her there. So and and Kevin didn't get out of the elevator like he kind of knew what was down. It's just Something's seemed to off. me like he knew what yeah. was down there. You know, at first I was like, yeah, he probably didn't know. But now I'm looking back on it like, no, he seemed to really know something. I don't think I don't think that he made the elevator go back up. I'm not saying he abandoned Alanka down there, but I just think that he knew more than he was saying. And as soon as Alanka says anything about what she's experiencing, these flashbacks, this old woman, the going back in time, he's like, well, that's crazy. You know, he's like, no, that's that's not ha- that's not real. And then but Alanka says, like, well, do you because he says it's your meds, right? It must be your meds making you your brain all glitchy. And she's like, well, have you been experiencing these things? And he doesn't answer. So, like, yeah, maybe, maybe he has hard. and he just thinks. Oh, it's just my meds. Like I'm just something's wrong with me, and I just don't want to tell anybody because I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to think I'm crazy. Um, but in his story, in, yeah, in his story, he is serving his evil mother. Right, Dusty is like killing people to give to his mother. And when that woman said, "I'm so hungry," I could have sworn that Dusty's mom said it. But I went back and I looked, and I'm like, no, she never said it. But she does give orders yeah. of who he's supposed to kill for her. Mm-hmm. And it seems like because she's hungry, right? Because she yeah, got a feeder. Like is she hungry for that freaked me out. Yeah, that was <laughs> like that made me jump. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? You know? Yeah, the, the that was a good good jump scare. good jump scare. And then she's like, I'm hungry, and I was like, oh my god, what the fuck are you hungry for? Go away. I mean, 
But that was so I have a theory about those two. Do you guys think who do you guys think those two are? I don't know, because there's the dude. We've only seen him like one. Was it one other time? I feel like we've seen that creepy. We've seen him one other time in the mirror. We only ever see him in the mirror. He's credited as the man in the mirror. And the Mm. woman is credited as cataract woman. And okay, so this is interesting. This is interesting. Patricia Drake is cataract woman, which I don't know why cataract woman. I don't know. She has cataracts. Maybe I don't just know the way her means, eyes <laughs> like reflect or something. I feel like we get that reflection. Oh yeah, like, I guess with her eyes. She has maybe. But um, William B. Davis is the is the creepy ghost dude in the mirror. William B. Davis, who played the cigarette smoking man in the X Files. Um, is the oh really? Yeah, yeah. I was so thrilled because I thought I saw him credited for this, but I'm like, well, where is he? He is the he's the creepy ghost dude in the mirror. Um, William B. Davis. Yeah. Love him in X Files. I think of the two of them <clears throat> in like episode one when Alonka first gets to Brightcliff, and was it Ma- Mark? I think, yeah, yeah Mark. Uh, whatever it is. We haven't that seen him in so character. long. That guy yeah. we never see yeah. anymore. Yeah. What happened to him? Yeah. She's he's like kind of going through the like, you know, history of the building and he, he's talking about it was built by, uh-huh. by this That's guy and is like and his wife. Stanley and then, Oscar Freeland and his wife Vera in 1901. Yeah, yeah I wondered if that could and be them. I feel like it might be them I think because so. I mean there's definitely a connection, but I mean, you know, not only just I'm hungry, but I mean sweetheart, I'm right. hungry. And she's heading that direction. And then the only word we get out of the man in the mirror when Alanka uh, is in there and turns to him is he goes, Darling. It's like there's like this almost like li- like longing thing that they're trying to connect to each other. Yes, yes, Pake, reading my mind. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. It seems like they're not talking to her. It seems like they're talking to each other, sweetheart, yeah. darling. They're you know yeah. they're trying to get to each other. So I just feel like they they need people to use to do anything because he's trapped in the mirror for whatever reason, and she just menacingly stands over people creepily. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this logging industrialist um, and his wife, I think, who built the house, I think that's them. I've been saying it since yeah. the first episode. I think that's them. It would make mm-hmm. sense. So yeah, I think that they're trying to contact each other or talk to each other. I don't know. But do you guys think that they work independently of this death shadow figure thing that took Anya? I think so. And even I would even go as far as there's possible there's a possibility of a theory of working against it. Where whenever she shows up around somebody, which she showed up right. at Anya's bed, that maybe for anyone who can see her or knows what's going on, that she was there as a warning. Yes. Not to be not as harm, but as kind of a warning. Which is why I think they put the don't in the basement. I know that Pake, you were saying it's mm-hmm. it was um Sandra. I really don't think it was Sandra. I, I don't. Mm. I think Sandra went down there because she had the nightmare. And I think it yeah. was just it's just too obvious to think it's Sandra because if it was her, why would she go, was anything down here when you got here? Like, I just don't think it was her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think what she's saying is not, I think she's just referencing like, were there any hooded creepy figures circling right. you? You know, like anything like she that? She had the nightmare, yeah. She yeah. had the greatest nightmare. That was, I. that's like it probably was- my favorite visual scene of the whole show so far. That was, mm-hmm. it was like a classic Hitchcock horror moment. It was yeah. really great. I loved that. But yeah, I, so in my voicemail that I didn't get to, to share with you guys last week, <laughs> um, I said, I don't think that they're evil, these people. 
I don't think yeah. they are. They don't seem to be. So if they are working through Kevin, then we're right in thinking Kevin's not a bad guy. <laughs> he's just right. yeah. he's just in touch <laughs> just with some a, weird shit. Well, and and this whole area that they're in, you know, like Shasta says, it's like this weird vortex. You know, yeah. and that explains so if it, it would make sense that you know spirits could be attached or you know continue to linger or you know because of the area that that they're in. So yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, they yeah. don't have to be bad. I mean, we've seen from other Mike Flanagan series that you know just because you're a ghost doesn't mean that you're bad or that it's honest. well. That was like so. Bly Manor. I don't want to spoil Bly Manor yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen it, but yeah, yeah, we saw that yeah, there. There's a lot of that Bly Manor. There's a lot of ghosts that yeah. uh, weren't weren't bad. Weren't guys, bad so. guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hill House. Not too. all ghosts are bad. <laughs> some Casper some, the yes, friendly some. ghost. See a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of examples in history <laughs> yeah. to back us up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that would. Uh, yeah, I just think that I think that they look a mess, a hot mess, creepy hot mess. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that I think that it's a big red herring that Mike Flanagan is doing, giving us this crazy stabbing, piercing music whenever they appear. Mm-hmm. I think that it's um, because yeah, they would be they would freak you out if you saw that in real life. But it's they're easy like, to assume that they're bad or ominous or evil based on because how of the way they look, and, yeah, and how they seem mm-hmm. to scare. And yes, the music that plays and. But, mm-hmm. you know, it it would make sense that they wouldn't be as well, just to throw us off, like you said. I think that makes from sense. From the beginning, yeah, from the beginning, Anya, I mean, Alanka has been um, seeing that old woman. The very first time she saw her was when she fell asleep in front of the computer after researching Brightcliff. Mm-hmm. And that her freaking scary ass face pops up for like less than half a second. And mm-hmm. then she has the dream association where she sees her on the bench in the storm and the lightning like flashes to Kevin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, I I just feel like Kevin is easily used or manipulated. It would certainly link up with his dusty story because he Mm. says this, the murders have been going on for 40 years in his story. I know. I'm so confused by that. Yeah. And Julia Jane was a little less than 30 years ago. So have these entities been working through people like since the Paragon cult or like did Julia Jane stir something back up? I mean, it's been before. Yeah. I mean, not every correlation is exact in the stories Mm -hmm. um, as it is in real life. So 40 years in the story could have been 30 years in real life or like 20 years in real life. Who knows? But um, because like Julia Jane, I think, disappeared for a month in Alonka's story and she was only gone for a week in real life. So, uh, yeah, that that struck me as interesting. And I I thought to make note of it because they they said it. They made a point to say these murders have been happening for 40 years. It can't be this kid. He's too young. So I don't know what Kevin's into. But he knows more than he's letting on, as does Stanton, (laughs) as does Shasta. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of um, characters not being forthcoming or honest or truthful for sure yeah. so yeah we've only got a couple more episodes to go three more oh man oh man gotta wrap it up i'm excited though to see what happens next yeah we've got plenty of time to wrap it up and i can't wait to see yeah who everybody is. is 
Yeah, three more episodes is pretty good. To you can see them doing. There's still a lot that can happen. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. There's still a lot that can happen and unfold. Um, in truth, to unfold, for sure. Yeah, man. All right. Um, I know I'm out of points. Does anyone have any other points that they? I'm fresh out. Pake. Um, I had one other, but it was just kind of random notes, kind of thrown together that. Have been covered in a lot of other stuff, which is like I said, like Alanka's good intentions, but bad timing. Uh, mm. I, mean, she, I, I thought it was sweet that she tried to call Rhett, even yeah. though at this point that number is not connected anymore. Over Bummer. there, it's not the right number. But it was it was a nice thing for her to do there. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the beach funeral for Anya was beautiful, but again, the timing, like I mentioned, is like. But do you have to do it like almost as a def- in defiance of Stanton? Like it's just <laughs> it's a little wait much. A day or uh, something, yeah. Yeah, and then her and Kevin was just like an awkward thing. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a lot of she's got good intentions. Like I think even to add to it, like we've talked about, like the whole thing with Shasta is I think she's doing everything that she can right now. It's like, oh, it's it's to help herself, but also her friends and these other people, but but where is it really gonna lead her? Uh so I'm curious. So it's just part of like extra notes, really. Uh so yeah, I'll go ahead and just I, if y'all are cool with it, just knock out my extra notes that we haven't covered real quick, so I can be yeah. Dunzo McDunzo for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, again, just the the tears, um, so many. We talked a lot about yeah with Anya's dream and like the starts that really made me cry a lot is just her listening to everybody and then that story. Um, talked about Longstreet's character Shasta. Uh, I love Anya's letter. Yeah, I didn't have like the whole mm-hmm. thing written down. Oh yeah, but it, but it's just it was a great bit of her personality. One last little kind of, I mean, maybe not the last, but <laughs> but as far as you know, here within this, it's just kind of for them being like, oh, here's one more little bit of Anya. Even with Alanka reading it, we got you know, I think she did a good job of conveying uh, Anya's attitude and personality through that a little bit, especially she's like, sorry about the ashes fucking dramatic right um <laughs> so yeah she like smoke yeah. them do whatever you want with them <laughs> right yeah you could snort them use them for seasoning just don't put them anywhere i don't care uh and then, yes the last note i have uh only mike flanagan is gonna have me bawling crying trying to sing along to a green day song um <laughs> that was actually a note that i forgot to say that was my graduation song nice. and it always gives me the feels <laughs> I just will always yeah. I, I have yeah. such specific memories of that song. It's a great one. Um I've got a little one that I'll I'll add here in a second. But uh another anachronistic note there mm. with that song. We've we've oh right. We've talked about uh you know the timing, use of time, very loose use of time. Because again, we've talked this is a series supposed to be taking place in ninety four, I believe, maybe ninety five. And uh, Nimrod, the album that Good Riddance, The Time of Your Life is On, was released in 1997. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, we know they're playing a little. Mike Flanagan has admitted to playing a little fast and loose right. with some of the you know, songs he likes to just use in a, a song that's appropriate regardless of. Right. And I, I knew that. So yeah. it was just kind of like. But again, it's just like that little like, music nerd to me. But like, though. that's weird. It's like, would they all just like, man, what? You know, Sheree it's, really pulling strings. She's getting early, you know, years in advance versions of Green Day songs that she can learn and everybody can sing along. Uh, well, you could even <laughs> like stretch it so far as to say that Anya being in 1997 in her coma life, 
that right. somehow when she goes back to like 1995, I think they're in 95, I think, mm-hmm. but I could be off. Maybe they're still in 94. I know when it started with Anya, it was, um, or sorry, with Alonka, it was 1994, but then she was supposed to have gone off to college. So anyway, um, 94, 95 is about where we're supposed to be. But you could even go so far as a stretch to say that Anya brought the song back with her. Uh-huh. <laughs> it it, it came out that way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the song anyway. So I'm like singing along yeah, with it a, and then like a good one. tearing up and yeah, not not being able to make it through it because <laughs> I know, I know. And I liked it, but um it was a little almost kind of took me out of it just a little. Really? Um I don't know what it is about bursting into song. Yes, thank you, dude. Like that. Um, I, was, I got into it, but at first I was like, I didn't know whether to like laugh or be like, what? Like, just to see all well, of a sudden Cherie sitting there with the cello, it was just a little funny to me. It was like, whoa, yeah. and we're here now. Okay. But then it was very yeah. sweet. I just have, I always yeah. have an issue with like when characters, like they did it in Lock and Key. And I was, I was just uh, going to say that they, yeah. there was that, that moment. Like the Lock World song that they did this there, was yeah. better than that. This was, this was better, better than, than that. that. That one. I just yeah. was like, yeah. no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I more issue with the Lock and Key. That never that they, worked they, for they, me. Yeah. Um, this gave me that kind of flashback too. And I was like, are we doing this? Okay. All right. It's okay. It's all right. I can, I can get with it because it just seemed right, I guess. But yeah, the tonal shift was kind of like, whoa <laughs> what yeah i always mm-hmm. i appreciate good musical moment but yeah yeah no me uh, too it's just when everyone gets together and then like somberly sings a song and when yeah. it, when it's not a musical it it feels it could be a little it's dark, so yeah. it's so hard not to be cheesy it's just so difficult to pull it off mm-hmm. you know and they did a, they did the best job you possibly could have it got i got with it very quickly yeah totally yeah. i got on board you know, once Keep once talking. once they got into it, but it took me took me a hot minute for sure. I wasn't yeah. quite sure. Um, I was just like, "Uh oh, I'm definitely having some flashbacks of." Yeah. You almost caught the song on on how it felt about and being played in that moment, oh. uh, which is funny because <laughs> exactly with that. Because a uh, funny little note, I was gonna say just personal tie to that song. Uh, I mean, I've listened to that song back since way back then, but uh, last time I saw Green Day live, which I guess was like last summer or something i went with some friends and saw them and that was actually the end of the set they closed the mm, set with, with good rennets and i remember my friend at the time kind of after the concert turning me and being like i really didn't expect them to end it with that song and i will forever be proud of myself for just immediately going yeah it's something unpredictable but in the end it's right no and yeah. I just, <laughs> like, bravo well done bravo. sir yeah. <laughs> that's funny uh, that yeah. green day magic uh-huh. yeah it's a good song any other notes that's all i've got all right jade you're all, all set any other notes or okay great yeah i think i've already talked about mine <laughs> as we've been having our conversation um mine have all been plucked uh out of that so i'm just i am very anxious so to see what happens next especially now seeing if we're going to get a confirmation that that ritual really works and if anyone else is able to avert their fate so i'm can't wait to once we wrap this gonna try and go watch that next one yeah i'm so excited i know it'll be great 
All right. And well, I, I feel like I might be pre- like I might be begging you guys to let me come on to like do like the finale or something. Cause I just love talking about this show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to do I want to do more. I'm so glad that you're into it. That's great. Yeah. I love I love hearing it. So yeah. Um, well, I think that is a great place to uh, lead us into listener feedback. We had uh, some listeners, you know, give us their thoughts. So Jay, do you want to take the first one for us? Sure. We'll the same order. One Mr. Jason Cavassi says, I'm listening to your episode on season one, episode six right now and hearing you talk about natural remedies and I couldn't agree more. Here's a quote from a Forbes article on Steve Jobs. According to Steve Jobs biographer, Walter Isaacson, the Apple mastermind eventually came to regret the decision he had made years earlier to reject potentially life-saving surgery in favor of alternative treatments like acupuncture, dietary supplements, and juices. Though he ultimately embraced the surgery and sought out cutting-edge experimental methods, they were not enough to save him. Steve Jobs was 56 years old when he died from cancer. I wondered whether he'd still be alive alive today if he'd had turned to modern medicine earlier. Hmm. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't either. I remember, I remember his his battle with cancer and then when he passed, but I wasn't like the biggest Steve Jobs. I know Jason used to work for Apple, used to work for Steve right? Jobs. So uh, he's history. a little more in tune with a lot of that. But <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting for sure. It is interesting. I've heard such mixed things about, about ca- cancer success stories, some miracle cures that mm. are not um, like legal or fda approved in this country or whatever that people have to go to crazy places to get and and they have worked so but i've also heard the other side like this who knows yeah yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely i feel like it's it just it kind of does come back to what this it says in the show it's like if it's your time it's your time kind Mm -hmm. you know and and i i kind of i that's the way i live life i think and i have to take comfort in that that sometimes, you know, when, you know, when you're trying to do something so hard to change something and it just doesn't work and you're like, why, why is this not working? And it's like, you just have to tell yourself it's not meant to be because mm-hmm. why do these things work for some people and not for others? And why, you know, why do some people get lucky and some people don't? It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like I just have to chalk it up to like, it's, it's your timer. It's not. What, what will right. be, will be. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but when you're in the Case position, sera, sera. yeah. But when you're in, <laughs> when your fat is in the fire, though, it's like fuck that. Ex- right. Exactly, <laughs> fuck cancer, yes. you know. So yeah, yeah. only yes. only in hindsight is it easy to say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Or when it's not about you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks, Jason. All right. Mm-hmm. This one uh, comes from Des Combs. He says, "I've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks, dying to talk about it. I kind of knew it was going on from the beginning, but that didn't make it any, any less heart wrenching." Damn you, Mike Flanagan. Mm. <laughs> We've all said that a time or two. Damn you. Yeah. Flanagan keeps doing this to us. Flanagan! <laughs> <laughs> I've been Flanaganed yet again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good term. Don Elizabeth says, well, I didn't think the ritual would work, not because of the ritual itself, but because of Mike Flanagan. Darn him. I like the way. <laughs> <Flanagan>! we- <laughs> <laughs> I like the way we got to see Anya's unconscious mind working, telling us that story. But when I finally realized that her friends were all outside the recovery room, I knew that was it. However, of them all, if anyone can come back, it will be Anya. Right. I don't doubt 
I don't doubt that we will see her again. I've actually wondered if the screaming woman that Alonka keeps seeing is Anya, but I'm probably wrong because why would she be an old woman? I guess all our questions will be answered soon. Does she scream? The screaming one? The woman with the black mouth, uh, right? I, yeah. Has she screamed? I think, yeah, it's, I don't. I don't think I so. I don't remember her I making think it's more noise. Just like, these lines on her face kind of give her this like perpetual. Like, I think it's the screamy looking. It's face. the yeah. screeching yeah. white noise, like piercing, like ee ee, like crazy yeah. sound that mm-hmm. happens in the background makes you feel like she's screaming. It's a screaming. Yeah. It's a horrible sound, and it cuts right through me, and I'm just like Jesus, John, John. Oh. Like every time I jump like six feet in the air, you know, when she, she freaking shows up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And today, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this episode was so great when when Anya, like, I mean, Alonka, I always get their names confused. When Alonka, like, lays down on the bed and she's just right there and she's like, darling. Such a great, yeah. Like, oh, that, like, smooth transition to into it went just right through me. Yeah. Watching it late in the dark, it right? doesn't help either. Yeah. But it's the only way to do it. Absolutely. I do it every time knowing that I know better after well, watching all of Flanagan's series. Mike Flanagan. Right. And Mike Flanagan does not allow he doesn't make shows you can watch in the daylight because you can't see them. Yeah. You you have to have, <laughs> you have, to have it pitch yeah. black. Whenever there's a light on, I'm like, turn that off. I can't see my Flanagan. <laughs> I know. Because it's very dark on this screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, all right. And Alma Contreras says this episode was a little strange. I was in total denial about Anya dying, weren't we all? I was like, Ilanka really believing that the ritual would work. Anya's death really hit me. I, sad face. I totally lost it when they scattered the ashes and played that song, which seemed really perfect. This, this deep into the season, and we still don't know why Ilanka keeps seeing these ghouls and passing out. Does she pass out because of fear? What do y'all think? I wonder, why did she pass out? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's her illness but it keeps happening every time she, she keeps has having, like, every these time visions. she's seen them yeah right yeah like when she gets trapped like in that weird vision of like the past with that old radio right. or that old music playing um it keeps happening well you remember in her dream i mean in her story when she is the scrying her and her mom in the story um mm-hmm. Her mom, before she does that thing to save that girl on the on the operating table, she she talks to her mother i think and she says mom i'll be fine and it i think it like takes something out of you when you heal someone or when you use your power in some way so maybe mm-hmm. that's why alanka is getting like the wind knocked out of her when she her psychic abilities kind of kick in or something mm. i don't yeah. know maybe yeah that that struck me when i heard her her mom say it in the story yeah yeah it's a good, good question I'm like, hopefully, with three episodes left, we'll get those questions all answered. I know, right? Yeah. All right, and we do have one email this week. Uh, Looks like it is from Sarah. Says, hey guys, this episode was honestly such a roller coaster. The beginning started off feeling like a flashback in Anya's life, and we slowly realized that it's after, not before. And I was like, oh, she's okay. And I was like, oh, everyone else is dead. Mm. And then we realize it's all in her subconscious mind. And I just love the chaotic reveal with all the Midnight Club stories coming to life and converging. It was so sweet seeing the others keeping up the stories with her at the intercom. In a sense, her wish came true. They reached out to her from the other side and were able to tell her it's all going to be okay. I guess that's what she needed to hear before she passed. All the tears. This show is nothing if not poetic. I do really want to see her succeed in communicating with them from the beyond. 
I love Mr. Dudley and him in Ilanka's quote. Mr. Balance. Dudley. Mr. Dudley. Right here. on, girl. Again. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. He is Mr. Dudley. It works. Because he's he's credited on this show as just janitor. Janitor. So it's well <laughs> janitor. Did it- you watch Scrubs? Janitor. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does the Flanivers have like a crossover though? Is he is he Mr. Dudley the janitor? He could be. <laughs> Good. Uh, she goes on to say, uh, the funeral scene for Anya was really emotional and all, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of burst out laughing when they started singing Green Day's time. Thank you. Just <laughs> me too. It's just a bit cheesy for me and I couldn't take it seriously. It would have been more impactful if Cherie just played the melody on her cello, but the singing took me out of the moment. Also, was that song out of the year this was set? Yes, I pointed that one mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Nailed it. I've lost track of what where you're in, but I remember you guys mentioning other instances of song release dates not quite matching the timeline. Yeah, because I even pointed that out when Kevin said uh, Radiohead. He was talking about a uh, soundtrack. Right. And, and it was like, yeah, that album didn't come out yet, dude. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Say, so, uh, Dr. Stanton is still so ambiguous to me. I still don't fully trust her, especially since we know she knows more about the club and the rituals than she's letting on. But I do believe she genuinely cares for the kids. Mm. And what about that phone call? Who was on the other end? Who's going home? Does this mean the ritual worked, but on the wrong person? Even Julia slash Shasta. Again, she's names. She's like, yeah, we're just gonna say what we what we think, what we know. Yeah, uh, tell it like it is. Yeah. Even Julia slash Shasta said something like that when Alanka told her the ritual didn't work and she said, No, not for Anya. Also, it might just be me, but I could swear the shot of Alanka while she was eavesdropping, there was something like moving or crawling behind her. I don't know, man. It might just be my imagination. Mm. And lastly, the end. Just when I was starting to wonder, hey, we haven't seen those random ghosts pop up in a while, eh? Here they are. The lady crawling up from behind the bed like sweetheart was absolutely terrifying. I was one of those kids who never liked there to be a gap on the side of the bed and always asked to put my bed against the wall so something doesn't pop up behind me. Yeah, now this scene brought all that back up. Thanks. <laughs> all in all, great episode. Till next week, Sarah. Nice one, Sarah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yep, we're on the same level, girl. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see anything um, moving behind Ilanka. I got to go yeah, back now and, and either, look at that. Curious. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look. I didn't notice it either. I mean, maybe we know there's like that creepy shadowy figure that right. ominously kind of presents itself in moments. Um, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, I could have missed it. I do watch it um, kind of late. It's kind of dark. Um, I'm not wearing my glasses. That's a bad sign because then I can't see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, creepy moment for sure. Um, we actually did get another email. It was a late um, submission. Um, I had already sent the agenda and it's from our good friend Daphne. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah, get get the feedback from Daphne this week. Um, so appreciate her. She says, hi, Rima and Paige. Thank you for the beautiful shout out on the podcast last week. I really missed being in San Francisco with you. We miss you too, Daphne. Um mm-hmm. Um, She goes on, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I love the music on this show. It's fantastic. Episode six, which had me in tears with the sacrifices made for Anya. I know in my heart it wasn't going to work, but it was so touching to see how they all came together. It reminded me of Stephen King's It and The Losers Club. I really appreciated this episode devoted to Anya, and I think that it's my favorite of the series. The way they connected Anya processing her impending death with her potential future, as well as the love from her friends and how it has changed her. Plus, her final send-off complete with good riddance was just beautiful. Shasta's comment about what really counted is what, or is that Alanka tried 
is something I connected with, probably due to recent life events. It's worth mentioning that it was written by Mike Flanagan's brother, Jamie. On a less melancholy note, I'm pretty sure we all had the same alarm clock in the 90s. (laughs) 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 Yeah, ugh, should throw that thing at the wall. Um, Hated those. Um, She goes on, here's more book stuff related to the past few episodes. Um, First one, there is a big underlying story that's a big part of the book that has not been touched on at all in the show. I'm starting to think that it won't be, but I'll wait until the final episode to explain it. Although one comment Alonka made in this episode connects to it. Amesha's story from episode five, See You Later, combines two of Pike's novels, The Starlight Crystal and See You Later. So the stories are changed quite a lot or quite a bit. Um, Alonka's story, Witch, was taken from Pike's book of the same name, although the main character's name was changed from Julia to Amani. Also, the story was modified a bit. Ben, the boy she meets, was the new boyfriend of one of her friends. At the end of this episode, Stanton is talking about one of the kids being misdiagnosed as terminal. This does happen in the book as well, though I have to wait to find out if it's the same person. The tone of the book overall is not nearly as creepy as the show. It's mostly focused on the kids and stories and this one other plot point. That said, I love how Flanagan has weaved everything from Pike's stories into this bright cliff world he created. Daphne. Thanks, Daphne. Awesome. That was great. So happy to hear from her this week. I love hearing the book stuff. So interesting. I know. I know. I don't. Gosh, I feel like I probably read maybe one or two way back in the day whenever I was young because I was so into a lot of the young adult novels. Anything creepy. I, you know, just couldn't get enough of, but I don't know that I read very many of uh, Christopher Pikes, but I certainly remember seeing his books in the library all the time as I'm going through all of that. So I've heard he's such um, a great writer. Yeah. I haven't read yeah. anything of his either, but I've heard he's great. Well, thank you everyone for your feedback as always greatly appreciated. I love hearing all the differing opinions as we're talking all this out, trying to figure out what the heck is going on um, and much appreciated for contributing. Um, Next week, we're going to be covering episode eight of The Midnight Club titled Road to Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound optimistic. <laughs> Does not sound optimistic. <laughs> uh, pretty safe to say we're probably not going to have a whole lot of, at least at this time, uh, a lot of optimism uh, from the show. So we'll yeah. see. Mm. I think we're then recording again. on that one a little early, right? Um, I think we're going to record <laughs> yeah, Monday, so. so just heads up for Monday. everyone. Um, we'll probably be a day early, so fair warning, Jade. To <laughs> for your <laughs> check, 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 <laughs> and for everyone else, I'll try to post that on the um, on our social media too for that um, particular post for anyone that wants to leave feedback. I think we're gonna. I've got more travel coming up next week and it's going to skew my schedule once again you poor thing Um, so yeah it's it's been a roller coaster but um so yeah i'm not going to be able to record on our normal uh schedule for um next week so we'll be recording a little bit early so hopefully everyone can get in their feedback because i love hearing from everyone Mm -hmm. absolutely and speaking of that if you'd like to leave that feedback messages voicemails anything you can find all of the contact information over on podcastica.com And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. And Jade, you were just mentioning earlier that uh, you had been recording and stayed up uh, after recording for Dead to Me. So how's that going? You want to tell everyone a little bit about 
um, what you guys are doing with that. Yeah, Dead to Me season three just was released, and we just recorded our episode on uh, episodes one and two of Dead to Me season three yesterday. So that episode should be up um, sometime tomorrow. Awesome. Um, I know it's everyone's super busy right now, so I don't think Jason has had a chance to edit it yet. But it's a great show. It is probably I always say it's like in my top maybe three to five favorite. I haven't actually like thought of my favorite shows of all time, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is so amazing. It's if you guys haven't watched the show, it is a great binge. The episodes are only a half an hour, but they feel longer in a good way. Um, are they nice and dense? Then yes, and yeah, oh, that's oh yeah. Good. And there's just so much to the show. It's just uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, and they're two unlikely friends that get mixed up in all things death and (laughs) murderous doings. And it's kind of a mystery. Oops. It's kind of a mystery. It's like a comedy. It's got a lot of heart. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. If you haven't watched the show, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. And we also have recapped um, season one and two. So all of those episodes are already up. Our, the podcast is called Dead to Us. Yeah, great, right. co- great companion to the to the show. That's great. Yeah, you guys are, are working really hard at that and have worked hard to to pump out seasons one and two. It was a hustle to get ready for season three. <laughs> yeah, you guys worked really hard at that. So so nice job. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun. It's me, Jason, and Penny. It's awesome. All right, and make sure to go check out Dead to Us and Strange Indeed and Walking Dead cast finale episode will be coming up soon. All kinds of great podcastica stuff. So again, like I said, (laughs) podcastica.com to find all of that. Leave reviews, download, follow, subscribe, whatever you do on your podcast players of choice. Give us some love here for Strange Indeed and the other podcasts that are connected to us. Yeah, love it up, love it up. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure you check out Pake and Daphne at their podcast called Run for Your Lives. You guys are still on your break, but that's soon to be yeah. ended, right? Yeah, I think December 6th will probably be back, I think was the date that I think that's right. Daphne, will let me know if I'm not. Um, <laughs> but I think that's right. Uh, yeah. So until then, just kind of, yeah, if you want to go back and check out the backlog of all kinds of stuff. Uh, we did a movie called Mama, a Guillermo del Toro produced, uh, Andy Machete directed uh, from 2013, I think. Um, if you want another one that's going to just hit you in the emotions a little bit, but also scare the shit out of you, uh, that's a good one to go to. So I'll throw that one out. <laughs> Always looking for a good scare. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Well, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Pake. And I'm Jade. And Crystal Barnes is strange indeed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 